Previously on AFTN. I, I think the one thing we, we can take from that segment, though, is it's really hard to say chip shop sauce. Let's try. Chip shop sauce. What is it? Chip, chip shop you know, sauce. Chip shop sauce. Pit. Again, and welcome to another episode of the AFTN Wrestling and Darts Podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. I, I thought we'd mix it up. I'm kind of sick talking about soccer, uh, at least after this week. So I thought we'll, we'll do something different. So Steve's Superstar Shake-Up coming uh, Monday, Tuesday on Raw and SmackDown. Who would you like to see moved on? I don't know. It's difficult to see. Oh no! Let's look. Let's get to live back to this. Okay, okay. We're gonna lose Zach very quickly. No, otherwise, oh, can we talk about Lego? The Lego commission. Yeah, we'll have a Lego podcast next week. Yeah. Well, wrestling this week, darts, Lego. This week is the anything is, to avoid talking about you, the white. Cats. You're gonna have to bring in Joe Deasy for the darts one. Oh yeah, this is week. I is, only know the Mohawk guy with his snake tattoo. That's the only guy I know. I don't even know his name. Peter Wright. This week is the uh, Brick Can here in Vancouver. Really? Yes, yeah, Lego convention. It's in uh, for, River for Rock, adults. River Rock Casino. Yeah, it's River Rock. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you bricking yourself I'm, for I, it? Uh, yeah. You know Andrew Delbar? I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. Uh, Surrey Cider. You oh, yeah. 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 He uh, He's an amazing builder. So last year I went and hung out with him for a little bit, just to whatever. And this year I'm going to go for most of the, the, the time and check things out. Will you see Bob there? Uh, the builder? Bob the builder, yeah. Uh, no. Oh. no he's, I should get him in touch with my kid. He's a very good builder too himself. Yeah, very fast. Like this, this is an adult, like because the casino is an adult convention. I think. Oh no! Oh, I, oh you're building, you're building like kids are and stuff. Are allowed, but only for like certain hours. No, we're not building adults. Oh, okay. It's just for because yeah. at certain hours they're allowed. Certain hours they can yeah. come and look at stuff. But yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was it for this week's show. Um, <laughs> okay, we, I think we, we've put off talking uh, about. White Cats for long enough. We we do have to get to it. You are in fact listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam territory at the University of British Columbia. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, it's episode two hundred and fifty nine. So let's get to it. Let's see who we can upset this week that hasn't listened to the show. <laughs> we'll we'll kick things off with a a look at Whitecaps LAFC. In fact, I I feel that is going to take up. A lot of the show. Can we get this within two hours? Last week I was aiming for an hour and a half and we went over. 
This week, I'm just hopeful we can get this into two hours. And last week wasn't even controversial, no, was it? because <laughs> the amount of tweets that we've had after the match and just a couple of emails I've had and stuff, we could fill two hours on, on tweets and stuff alone. That does not make for very good listening, I know, people reading out tweets. We'll kick things off with our finish the sentence game. But we won't be witty, we'll leave that to join the gang. If you could sum up, or if you could describe the Whitecap performance against LAFC in one word, what would that one word be? Regular. Regular? Like it seems like it's a regular occurrence. Ah. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I hope not. I was in- no, 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 I'm talking about just when you expect them to come up big with a game, they just it's just one of these games again. Yeah, I, I, for me, Michael, I guess it's disappointing. Mm. That word was bandied about a lot after the game in the in the pressers. I'm going with uninspiring because it, it just, there was very little to take from it. And we'll, we'll talk about all the ins and outs from it. But it was just hard to, to leave BC Place and just feel positive. Which in some ways is kind of crazy because we're still at the top of the table, joint second. But... I don't know. How did you feel coming away from it then? I mean, what was your general feeling? Disappointment or like the fact we couldn't score against a team that had given up nine goals in the last three halves of football? Well, one one thing for me, Michael, that was kind of interesting is I, my feeling in the stadium was different than when I went back and actually watched the game. You, you rewatched that. I went back and watched it. Yeah, I did rewatch some and, little bits of and, it, and I wasn't even capoing this game. So I was actually watching in the stadium. But uh, if you went home and watched that match, you should well, be no, awarded I, Budweiser Man of the Match. <laughs> I, I should have mentioned at the start that I uh, I'm on pain medication because I hurt my back on Friday, and even the pain medication I don't think would have made that game any better watching it a second time around. Also, there'll be no dancing tonight, but because of oh, that, that's... I know people will be disappointed because we've got our. our Poppy little wavelength number later on. Yeah, that is too bad. No, when I went back and watched it, actually, and maybe we, we'll talk about this more in depth later, but I actually felt that it it wasn't as bad as it felt in the stadium. Oh. And, and I think... We may need to watch it again. Then. And, and, mm. I might, and I might be wrong, or I might be using these terms exactly how they're meant, but it, it felt a little bit like confirmation bias, where you, mm. like, you, like, you, you have a preconceived notion about something, and you catch a glimpse of it, and then, therefore, it, it kind of wastes the whole thing for you. That's how I kind of that's how I kind of felt. Because when I went back and watched the game, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't watch it that night. I watched mm. it last night. So I watched. So you cooled I down watched a it the bit. night after the, the, the game. On the, I watched it on the Saturday night. It got some time away from it, not thinking about it, and um, and I didn't think it was it was not good. It was not positive. The result was ne- still negative, and some of the performances were still not great. But the game as a whole, I didn't feel as negative or as critical about it when actually actually watching it. And I was watching for a few specific things that we'll talk about as we break okay, down the interesting. game. interesting. Because like, if you were rating the performance then off a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the highest, what mark would you, what mark would you have given it in the stadium? And what mark would you give it now that you watched it again? In the stadium, I probably would have given like, yeah, 3, 4, 5. Oh, I was, I was at a 2. I, maybe, yeah, maybe like a 4. Uh, or maybe like a 3. I'm still at a two. Because the week before, we were like, yeah, Salt Lake was... Uh, a it was s- a number two for me, <laughs> so I can see. <laughs> I didn't know you liked Clint that much. Um, and then... Um, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, watching, watching, watching it back, I thought it was more like a five or six. Hmm. 
For me, it was a three. Are you all, sure uh, he didn't take my pain medication? I don't know. Pills? For, okay. for for me, it was a three. All like, it was just disappointing. It, like, we're gonna talk about it. Kamara was missing, sure. Yeah. But the rest of the team was there, and they couldn't do anything with that ball. They sh- and they, like move it up and everything. I know a lot of people were ragging on Hurtado. But when you can't get the ball yeah. to him and he's going against, up against three centre-backs... I don't backs, think it would have mattered No, who I don't think... There. I think... I think it, uh, no, I don't even want to say it's good that Kamara got injured, but he probably would have got kicked all over the place in that game too. I don't know how much Kamara would have touched the ball. Kamara, no. of course, though, can make things happen a bit more than, than Eric can. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. It, are you saying Kamara wouldn't have made any difference at all? I think he would have made some difference on some of those crosses yeah. because Hurtado couldn't get to it at all. Well, but I don't think there was enough because Kamara's not going not gonna to get his head on all those crosses. I, I, there was crosses? There was one or two. Okay. The, looking at my notes from the match. I know. Zach <laughs> has made notes for tonight. Zach never which, makes which notes. Which I some, no, I know I actually do sometimes. Oh. I just don't always bring o- them old, here. Oh, okay. old, old school, there's two written down. Not, yeah, not, these not are on tablet. Gideon's form. rubbing off on him. Yeah. <laughs> he comes with pages of notes. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I do think Kai Kamara would have made a significant difference. Mm-hmm. And you look at the crosses that were, that were missed. Uh, both of Eric Hurtado's near misses... I think they're in the forehead of Kai Kamara. There was two. See, you, you can't even remember them. No. There was, I, no, I, there was, I there was one I, in each half. I was I on do, pain medication Friday night as well. Just I, I do remember one Hurtado where he, where I mentioned it actually to you. And again, you were kind of looking loopy, so I'm not sure how much you picked <laughs> up on it. But I was mentioning that Hurtado, if it was Kamara, would have got his yeah, head to it. But I don't know. A, yeah, it was a But higher, I still don't yes, know how do much he, he would have got it on net or not. Oh, no, it he, it I, all depends because there were three center backs there. No, no, no. Both there was one in each half for Hurtado where he tried to get on the end of a cross with his head, and it was just a little bit short. There's also one that Shea that Shea missed. That, yeah, and yeah he, he's taller, so maybe Kamara but, would not have gone. But down. overall, my biggest disappointment is the midfield. Take away everything else, like the build up. There was absolutely no build up. Uh, even the long balls weren't really hitting. Yeah, and, and I just, I just feel like it was overall a disappointment because they didn't. They except for like the opening five minutes of the second half, the end of the game. A small spell in the first half. They really had nothing going forward again. Yeah. There is a lack of creativity. Is, yeah. is, a, is a significant issue. Well, I mean, we mentioned it. The Caps were dealt a big blow before the game. Kamara went down injured on Thursday in the closing stages of training. Basically, they were having a an 11 v 11. So it was the start of 11. Kamara was out there. It seemed quite innocuous. And he went down. One of the kind of trainee guys, or the ball guys, the guys that do the equipment, I don't know what they're called, guys, um, had th- said to the other one he thought it was hamstring, and I was like, oh, it didn't look like that to me. Um, he was down for a good couple of minutes. He was screaming, partly pain, partly frustration, banging the, the ground, so you knew it was bad. And was then, It was on the grass pitch? Yeah. yeah. And then he gingerly was helped off, Aha asked him if he was okay, and he put thumbs up. He went, yeah, yeah. And it's like, he's no way is, is, is he playing Friday. Blondell was already out with a concussion that hadn't been announced, but he he suffered a concussion at the, the tail end of the RSL game. So he was just doing laps, which is, I think, which positive. Which is a league protocol. Yeah. So it wasn't like one of the Vancouver doctors is like, I don't think he's good to go. It's a yeah. mandated But the fact that he was doing laps and he was doing a little bit of ball work makes you think it's not maybe going to be... Uh, the concussion that I think Chris Pontius had that missed yeah. tons of games for yeah, for it's every, every, Galaxy, every yeah. Con- and it depends on if how many concussions you had in a row and stuff like. It's a lot yeah. of different protocols there. So with them out for the for the 
sort of closing minutes, seconds and drills that they had, uh, Robbo immediately put Hurtado in. Which I wondered, oh, is that just because to finish training, put Hurtado in, is he going to rethink things? Obviously, Hurtado started on Friday. So my question for you is, was he the right choice? He's very different player from Kamara, as we've just discussed, not just in height, but in other things as well. Would she not have been a better option because of the height factor, the fact he's got two goals in two games was in, in form. I know he doesn't like playing as an out-and-out striker as much, but he has done it. Or was that the time to go back to the drawing board and think, you know what, if Kamara's out, I need to rejig the team. This 11 I was going to put out, that might not be the 11 I put out now. I need to put other players in to meet what Eric can offer or whatever. Because of the injuries and knowing that both the the first two choices at, at as a lone striker were unavailable, I actually wasn't that disappointed in that decision. Because Eric is the third striker. Yeah, especially because you like you knew it, it's more for me. I think it's more it would be more drastic for the team to go to a four four two or three five two and have two strikers. More of a drastic change. I guess if you've been working on it all week. And then, yeah, yeah, uh, working all week and like for years for those who've been around, <laughs> yeah, um, playing that way a four two three one a four one four one. Is Are it, you is saying it, it doesn't get mixed up a lot? It, well, you know it. You go to training; it does sometimes, but not very often. Well, I mean, this preseason we saw lots of back three, but um, in training. Uh, so no, I think that was the, like the. the the least drastic of the, of the two things. So I wasn't surprised knowing about the, having, you know, heard about the injuries and whatever, and, you know, hearing the explanations and all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't that, that put off by it. Plus I thought, okay, Eric scored this goal on the, on the road a couple, couple weeks ago in, or a couple weeks ago, probably a month ago, I guess now in it was Atlanta filthy goal in the dirty yep. South, as you might say. And then he wasn't in the team and after his that. his goals per minute record is fantastic. That's good. And so, yeah, it felt like, okay, here's an opportunity. It's an important – all home games are important. You need to win them. It felt like this was an opportunity for him to, again, show his worth, stake his yeah. claim. Obviously, in retrospect, I don't, I don't think he was awful as some people – uh, no, I know, genuinely uh, don't either. I just no. feel he did not get any service. What was, yeah. What's he meant to do? No, I agree with that. I, if Blondell would be in, and we saw this with Blondell, actually, when Blondell was oh, in yeah. in the game that Kamara was, was missing, which was Atlanta. He got no service. So, he, I mean, we've seen that with him as well. Now, LA went with a back three, which is the first time that they've done that this season. Coincidence that Kamara was out and they, they, didn't, they didn't know that? Or... J.J. Adams in the province had written that Kamara had gone down at training, which to me is a no-no. It's kind of an unwritten rule that when something happens the day before a game at training, because we're allowed into training and it's an open session, it doesn't get reported. The The crews don't film so that you don't see who's wearing the, the yeah. starting 11, stuff like that. Martin Rennie used to close training. Yeah. A lot of teams do until the last 15 minutes. But J.J. Adams reported that that Kamara was injured. I think he mentioned about Blundell as well. But did that tip early off? So wait, JJ Adam was at, at training? He was at training and he wrote that Kamara had gone down. There's no way to me that LA did not see that and adjusted their team accordingly. Oh, for sure. I, I'm sure they have people reading the papers, local uh, papers, uh, to find stuff uh, like that. I could have seen them bringing the same approach, even if, if Kai was fit and, and, and starting. 
But, Maybe that's but, why but, they had three at the back, because they expected Kai Kamara. Yeah, but the regardless of whether they made a drastic change to their formation or shape, I think mentally and even just that knowledge would have helped their coaching staff being like, okay, we're facing a different beast. It's still likely to be a lone striker, probably what they thought. And so just like information is power, right, is, the, is kind of the saying. And so them knowing that is not, is, is not ideal. Yeah. And like so is it is it just a no-no or isn't that like – don't like because I, when I've been at training and stuff happens, usually you check with like Mr. Whitecaps and you're like, hey, Mr. Whitecaps. And he's usually like, don't say anything or don't tweet well, that. Maybe or, he did. Don't... I find it hard to believe that it would be like, yeah, OK, you're right. Put that in your in your article. Yeah. But or I think it might just be that people are regulars and you're expected to know that that is what the protocol is. Was, well, is is JJ a regular, though? Yeah. Okay. Well, this year he has been. Right. He, he's like they're one of their main guys now that goes. I just thought it was a bit off. So I just don't think that's ideal. Hopefully that doesn't lead to sessions getting closed because obviously it gives you a good insight to see how, how the team are doing. Yeah. Let's get into the game, though, because we've kind of waffled on a lot already in this, this well, thing. Other, okay, well, the first half, other than the DBs uh, strike from distance, which was like he kind of, uh, the, um, I think it was Miller in that, uh, kind of pushed it over the bar. It was well, not around the, the post. Yeah, around the post. No, no. He, around he, the post, he, he, right. He it was it around kind the post. of in front of him, didn't he? Yeah. Or it didn't go out that one. I think it went for a corner. I can't remember. Okay, okay. So um, other than anyway, that, it was Walker Zimmerman hit the bar. Yeah, Walker <laughs> Zimmerman hit the bar. I think uh, Vela almost hit the net, but it was a bit wide. I think there was Mark a sh- Anthony Kidd a shot that was shot over. from a distance. Yeah, so there was a, three shots near the end of the half, but uh, basically the Whitecaps and the LAFC really didn't didn't do much in the first half either. Nah, team. I mean it, it was nil nil. You kind of felt at halftime it was either going to be nil nil or LA were the team that that were going to get the goal because it just felt that the Whitecaps had nothing. I mean, LA had looked dangerous. Well, the Whitecaps came out a little bit more positive to start the second half without really creating any yeah. danger. It was just basically crosses that just kept missing any everybody in the in the it, box. The, so, so you guys kind of feel like the first half was just kind of bland? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Do you know? Again. From watching it back? From watching it back, I didn't think it was as terrible as a lot of... Comment- I don't think it was the, terrible. The commentary I, don't, I just don't it. think it was. I've written awful in the notes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I saw that. Uh, no, the uh, like even like there was moments of hope, right? Like you like seeing Alfonso that you talked about Alfonso's shot, like seeing him cut inside more. Yeah, uh, cent- like central, sh- like getting central and then having a go from yeah. distance. I mean, great for a left back. Was, <laughs> well, no, that was, and that was another thing. That was so. This is another thing that in the match after 15 minutes, because I know I know later we're gonna probably talk about. You know, uh, tactical approach and all this kind Possibly. of stuff. Well, you know, as you watch the game, one of the things that hasn't happened earlier this year, which happened in this game, was uh, there was a switch of the, the wingers switch sides, which we haven't seen very yeah. much of. So one of the which reasons is what I was saying last week is what would likely happen because I thought they would have Davies attacking Harvey, except right. it wasn't uh, a Harvey. So that so that's what happened. They sw- they switched right because Davies started on the left. They switched. And that's that's how he got the that's where his chance came from. He cut in from the right side to go centrally and 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 had a go. But okay, so getting back to, getting to the second half now, where all the action happened, um, like you said, they they had they showed a little bit of promise in the urgency you want to say in yep. the, in that first five minutes. But then Carlos Vela, it was the Carlos Vela show. Yeah, he took over the match. Yeah, basically. And the and but he was given acres of space in that box. Yeah, fifty nine. Something they, they got, curled into the the. Top left corner. Yeah, the the defense just got you know they sunk in basically yeah. to the end line and well, leaving the open. Urena first corner. of all did well to set it up. 
He was running all over the place. Yeah. But, I mean, Vela had so much time and space, as you said. There was no white cap near him. Yeah. I mean, who do you apportion blame on that one? Like, Davies was behind him. He had kind of stood back, but he was with a guy. Juarez was in front of him, not pressuring him in the slightest. Three players were around Urena. Yeah. He sucked people he into it. He just put it down. That was yeah. an amazing shot. Well, I, I, th- I think that shot shouldn't have been able to get off. They should have been, there should have been somebody g- getting to him and putting pressure on For him. For me, Juarez should like at least motion towards him and try to put him off or hurry it or something. And being, uh, you know, countrymen and probably playing together somewhere, or I don't know if they are against each other for sure, he should have known that he was a dangerous player at that point. At, well, they're friends spot. as well because yeah. Fela, Fela mentioned afterwards they've been friends since the under-17s. Yeah, so he should have known how dangerous he is there, so he should have made a move and tried to, you know, cut it out. Yeah, for me, the, the the first, whatever, 13, 14 minutes, actually, again, I felt it wasn't amazing football, but it looked like Vancouver had a little bit of impetus coming out of the, maybe they got poked, as we talked about, you know, in, in previous weeks, at the half. And then, yeah, the di- the difference is this, and this is the difference in the game, and this is the difference in general. You have a player that's worth exponentially more than any other player on the pitch, whose skills are exponentially more than anyone else on the pitch, who has a moment of brilliance. We saw it. It felt for me. It felt very similar to the to, to the Champions League game against Tigris, where out of nowhere you have this the most talented guy in the field creates an opening or has an opening, bends it into the top corner, and you're down. And you're down. And and if everybody knows he's the most talented player. Why he's got so much space? Exactly. Should it be no, somebody no. around him? Exactly. In no. his back pocket. I, I was just laughing because Zach had his. I thought when you went the da- the problem was this, and I thought you were indicating how much space that he had before there was a fight cap near him. But yeah, that, I mean, but, it, but at some point that's go- at some point that's going to happen. Yes, you do need to be aware of him. But it, for for Marie, it's it's the quality of players that, that LA have that that they're they're yeah. But I mean, you're talking about calling back to the. The Tigris game. Let's call back to the 2016 Canadian Championship final against oh. TFC, shall we? When Waston and Ousted have that late stoppage time misunderstanding, the ball breaks to Will Johnson and buried. I had like PTSD flashbacks yeah. in the 70th minute. Kendall Waston again, common denominator, but do you put the blame on him? Do you put the blaming Marinovic we don't know was there a call yeah it's too hard either to way know. as Steve described it it was like Benny Hill yeah it felt like it okay so 20, 2016 we do know there was no call and that's the keeper's call to make in 2016 this one I haven't asked yet I don't know if there was a call it doesn't it, watching the tape it doesn't look like there's a call it doesn't look like there and is that's, and that's on the keeper yeah no totally I'm not disagreeing with that but no, but there was I, – no, I, I didn't go watch it back again, but I, I swear I saw Marinovic in the replay mouthing, I, I called it or something like that, I, or I had it. Or I don't know what he said. But yeah, he, he said might have something. said I had it, but I don't think he called it. No, no, mm-hmm. but we don't know from all the way over. No. No. Oh, we'll we find out. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll find out. But I'm sure Zach will get to the bottom no. of it. They'll, they'll 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 bury it. No, they're not going. They're going to both of them. Who's probably they? Take, they? They're not going to. Waston and Marinovic will probably take the blame themselves. Each of them will say, "No, no, it was my fault. No, no, it was my fault." They're they're both stand up players. No, Stefan will be like, "Yeah, it was Kendall." <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but some people are like, "Oh no, is it all of a sudden the the Waston from when he had a down year was getting sent off?" No, yeah, it was it was one it was like one play. Well, funnily enough, I do want to talk about that in part two, but just for yeah. other, other kind of stuff. So the, the cap subs, Reina had come on in the 65th minute, and then after the goal, immediately Shea came on, 71st, Mosquito came on the 78th. Were they the right subs? Should something have been done sooner? Steve was calling for his, his regular half-time substitution. All the time. 
So, I, well, you were when, calling for Effie Juarez as soon as you saw his name in the team sheet to, to get taken off. To be fair, no, I didn't see it right away. <laughs> I said halftime. So this is one of the, this is one of the things, right? I I, I thought Rus- Rusty had a respectable game. I do as well. I, I think he was I, one of their I, better players. I actually have him as my man of the match. I put him uh, number two on my rank the yeah. caps thing with with that Steve does. But so I felt it was a little bit unfair for him to come off, and yeah, I think it might have been more I, fair for I, like Juarez. While to come I off. didn't think he should come off, I called it when yeah. the sub came on. I go, they're taking Rusty off because. They right, always to, do. Yeah, to me that made sense because he isn't an attacking guy. No, but he chasing pu- he the game. Puts, he puts pressure on people. Yes, yeah. and, and other players on that pitch don't. And, and he, that's what he, he does. He, and he frees up the. He frees up. Uh, if and, Jordy comes on for Effie, then he yeah. frees him up. And and he also he um he he has a way more endurance than all, all the other players. He can run for ninety minutes. He doesn't have to be taken off in the sixty fifth. I mean, why why is there not earlier subs? Why I mean, the goal went in the 59th minute. So, why not make that sub then? So watching the watching the broadcast again back, they interview Robbo at halftime like they do, which I'm sure he loves. Yeah, I watched that. Okay, so he's just like, look, the the, the he basically thinks said basically the game was kind of even in the first half. He's like, these next 15 minutes, we're gonna see how it goes, and then we'll see if we need to make an adjustment. So like right like 13 14 minutes they got scored on they made they made adjustment they made the adjustment but not to the 65th. Well, they should have had something ready to go right away which they did after the second goal. Right. Although I think she was already scheduled to come right. on right we talked about this before. I still don't like this. I I really do not like taking off Marcel De Young who's one of your best crossers of the ball in my opinion. Uh, and taking him off to put Davies further back. Yeah. I, I'm no problem. It, it seems to be the thing to do now. So I th- can't remember. It might have been Russell Beresford who mentioned it in the PC wrote saying it's like muscle memory. Yes. It's like, yes. here we go. We'll take him yeah. off. Davies and left back. I saw that, yeah. And we had that as a question last week, and everybody yeah. said, no, we don't want to see that. We I mean, want to The chair should have come off yeah. and Shea on. Yeah. Or go three at the back, match them up three at the back. Sure. I mean, how does putting Davies, the guy that can just unlock a team at left back how does and, that help chase a two goal deficit and, and the thing is he's not while he did that cross in the first game he's not the most you know perfect crosser he yeah. doesn't have that experience so you're Especially, better off having him up front where he can run at the defense I, I know his cross kind of for Kamara earlier in the year was kind of an early cost but one of the things that Marcel is good at is an early cross yeah, yeah. Um, the, the answer to your question, Michael, is this. How does that help? Davies is an incredibly attacking player. Therefore, he's a left back who's going to get forward and attack. So you're going to get attack more from your left back, and you're going to get attack from, from, from Breck Shea on that left side as well. The, I, my, my counter to that is Marcel DeYoung is attacking. You just need to allow him to attack. True. So we've got a lot more to talk about. Individual performances, creativity, tactics, and a lot more. We've got some audio to bring you as well. And we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Are you down with the goats? 
That was the goats with Are You Down with the Goats? That's a callback to an earlier yeah, podcast we, we used to we do used with Sheevas. Used to play this with Sheevas came to I'm going to be down with the goats on Tuesday night for sure in the Champions League final. <laughs> Is it Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. It's Tuesday. first leg Tuesday. Um, yeah, so the goats were back in town. Of course, it was the white cats that were left looking as goats, but you're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show. Hopefully, we're not going to come across as goats tonight. Talking about everything on CITR Radio and broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. Now, if you're listening to this on the podcast, we're going to bring you the coach's audio now. Uh, We're going to bring you some stuff from Bob Bradley and also some stuff from Carl Robinson as well. Really strong response. Uh, you know, we talk about getting better week to week, and uh, we talk about it from the standpoint of our football, and also just uh, having a competitive edge and knowing how to win different kind of games. And uh, today, I think a lot goes in that second category because Vancouver's a difficult team to play against, and so I thought our our competitiveness, our concentration, those things were very good today. Carlos Vela, another goal tonight. What is he going to mean for this team this season? Because he's had a great start to, to come into MLS. Yeah, Carlos is uh, still a player who at any moment in the game can take a ball, go by people. Obviously, his ability when he gets closer to the goal uh, in terms of his finishing with his left foot. Uh, and, and within our team, in terms of just the quality he brings every day, his personality, uh, his professionalism, he's, he's been... Uh, so important in the way he's come in and, and embraced everybody. Obviously, the last three halves of football, nine goals given up. You got the response you wanted tonight. But what was the message to the team this week after giving up those goals? Uh, we look at the we look at every game uh, in all ways, and so you know the the message was that uh, in Atlanta we started the game well. Um, we gave up a first goal where we were just a little slow. From the first goal to the second goal, we pushed the game. We played in their end. We won the ball back. We weren't good enough in the attack. Um, we stepped up the press. We were a little slow. They made us pay. We were down two. We kept at it again. Then there's a, a VAR penalty. And then after that, uh, we lost it. And, and so one of the big messages was that if you have a day where maybe a few calls don't go your way and where your football isn't quite as sharp as you want, there's still a, a pride part of finishing games and compete until the end. And, and I was, uh, I said, going forward, uh, that is a part we're going to get right. And so that, that was a big part of the message, just the, the way we finished the game wasn't what we're going to be about. The Whitecaps have been unbeaten in 11 matches at home. Tactically, what came into coming down, breaking out down the Whitecaps and taking all three tonight? I, I think our starting points are, as we build our team, are still that, that can we control the, the game with the way we pass the ball. We have different ideas on how we create the chances. When you play Vancouver, you have to make a special emphasis in terms of set pieces. Um, now, of course, uh, when Kamara doesn't play, they lose a guy who on that end is, is a real threat. Uh, and and you, when I, I said at the beginning about a competitive edge and mentality... Uh, there's certain 
there are certain games where that counts even more. And I think uh, teams around the league know that to come to Vancouver and, and take points, uh, it's not just about your football. It's about how are you going to compete in all those other ways. And so uh, on that end, we, we looked hard at that, and I think the response was, was really positive. You've had six weeks back in the league. How, how have you noticed that it's changed since you were in the league all those years ago? Oh, man, I get asked that question like uh, every third day, and I still haven't come up with a good answer. <laughs> um, I, I mean, look, the obvious things, there's more teams. Uh, last week uh, we're playing in Mercedes-Benz, and uh, it's an incredible stadium. And, uh, you know, we have this, this derby match with the Galaxy, and... You know, we turn it into a, an Ebra celebration, unfortunately. But, you know, rivalries, big names, uh, I think that part has grown. But, you know, wherever I've been, I, I still appreciate the football part of getting guys on the same page, trying to make your football better, trying to create an identity and a mentality. And so, you know, I'm so focused on that that I'm probably the worst guy to give answers on all these things that have changed because... For me, you know, the part of going on the field every day and figuring out what's a good training session and how to challenge guys, I, I still, wherever I've been, that's that's kind of what I do. So uh, I probably don't give, I don't know if I'll yet come up with a good answer for that question. So sorry. Friday the 13th, eh? Uh, yeah, disappointed. You know, I won't fault the effort of the players. I thought the work rate was there. Uh, we weren't good enough on the day, uh, and that's my fault. That's my responsibility up at the team. Maybe got the team wrong. You know, we dealt with a couple of injury blows yesterday uh, and it seemed to affect us. But at times during the season, we're going to have to ask players to step up. Today we did, uh, but we were beaten by a better team. So you have to accept that. Well, I could say it didn't affect it, but clearly I'd be lying or not telling the truth. I think the way we play and the form that Kai's in uh, and what he does off off the field to bring the group together was important. I think we huffed and puffed, as you say, up front. You know, we had Anthony as well missing with concussion, and it was a thankless task for Eric. You know, they adjusted their formation, and credit to them because they got their tactics spot on. Um, but we weren't sort of in the game. There was not much in the game, to be honest, until a bit of a bit of magic by the boy. You know, we've seen him do it before, but you know, we've got to be better at showing him on his right foot. Uh, and he might still do it with his right foot, but if he's a strong left-footed player and he puts it in the top corner, then then we had the uphill battle. So they kept going. Uh, we just weren't good enough. That's two games now where you've struggled to create chances. That must be a concern for you. Yeah, it's not ideal, uh, but we're going to go through periods this year where uh, you don't create a number of chances. And we've had them in two consecutive games. Um, just got to go back to the drawing board and try and do it again, whether it's a tweak in formation, whether it's a tweak in personnel. You must have been disappointed with the defending on both the goals. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah, I don't think intentionally they try and do it. Um, you know, we made them aware of it this week, and I thought last week's goals against Salt Lake, when we were in control of the game, we gave away two bad goals defending-wise, and, and today was no different. We It was off a throw-in. Uh, they did a little bit of movement, and they, they're arguably the best player. I thought he was the best player on the field by a mile. Uh, bent one in the top corner on his strong side, so we didn't get our details correctly there The first, the first first with the first goal. The second goal is school ground stuff, um, you know, misunderstandings, bad clearances, give the ball away. Um, you know, it's not one mistake. There's probably about seven or eight. So, again, that's uh, that was the deciding goal. 
So that was the gaffers there. Let, let's just talk a little bit more about a couple of things towards the end of the game. He's the gaffer. <laughs> he is. To share his tackle. Oh, a clear, I, I a clear sending that, off. I think that's a sending An off. An absolute sending off. And I, I can't remember who it was. Someone on Twitter said, you know that was a load of manure when you're calling for your own players to get sent off. But that, that was a, no, it did, that was it, a it bad does, one. It doesn't matter, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, the kick out. You thought it wasn't even a, f- a foul initially, but until you saw the replay, then it was clear. No, because yeah. it, it's not, it's not, it wasn't just a, uh, what do you call it, tactical foul, right? Yeah. It wasn't just like... It was that how he did it. Yeah. It wasn't just I got to trip the guy, otherwise he's gone. It was a sw- it was a it kick was a swing. Yeah. And how VAR doesn't look at that and say that's ob- like yeah. it's mind boggling. I I genuinely couldn't believe that that wasn't a sending did, off. Did, and, and I don't think they're going to mind too because if he gets sent off for the next game, it's he, a, well, it's an away game anyway, yeah, so it doesn't make a difference. Anyway. Yeah. Did you? Know, we talked about this. I think I texted you about this, but like VAR this weekend is different. I think they're taking the criticism of going too mm. long. And now the, now the VARs are just telling the referee what to do, and he's doing it. Well, he's not even looking at it. Today? I, I mean, was it today? This weekend. Just, yeah. Yeah, Atlanta got times. another one, because I think Atlanta yeah. are mandated now. That yeah, they, they have, have to have, have a, at least a controversial one. VAR thing in, in every well, single he, match. He, he, he made the, they told him what to do. He did it. And then they were about to whatever. Yeah, they, but, and then he's like, oh, I better go look at yeah. that on the screen. And, and there was just seconds. It's like, yeah. ah, it's fine. They got it right. Okay, let's talk about another thing. Felipe. Brutally attacked, punched to the chest. Okay, which so, is I. Th- that's what I thought it was from my first glance, and I tweeted that out. I want to apologise now. I was wrong. Obviously, when I saw the replay, I realised he went down like a sack of spuds. Okay, so I asked him after this. Oh, sack of I, I asked him. So before I watched it again or whatever, I just said, "Hey, like what? What happened there?" And he's just like, he punched me. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, he hit, he punched Technically, me. Technically, he did. Yes. Yeah. So when I watched it on the replay, so I think this is one of those, it's kind of a both end. So what Vela did to me is worth a, a second a second booking and should have, and, and could have, he could have easily been sent off. If you're watching that on VAR, if that was, a, if yeah, that, you feel like if that was against Vancouver. It's a straight red, but no, it's worthy of a second yellow. He, 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 yeah. His fist is closed. Yeah. You, you, uh, Joe talked about the per- Luigi Colina, uh, you know, yeah. thing where if the fist is closed, you know the player means to do it. Yep. Yeah. And he, he strikes a player. It's not crazy hard. No. But he strikes a player. So I think it should have been a second yellow. However, I would probably tend to agree with most people I've seen commenting, including Johnny Monster on Twitter. That Felipe saying, sold it. Saying, well, he oversold it, I think, is the concern, is the frustration, is the, some people But are, if he was in wrestling, that, was, yeah, that he, would be a good sell. He knows that we've got a wrestling podcast coming up. <laughs> He's auditioning for it. I'm happy to have him as a fellow co-host. He can be. He can take Zach's place for it. No, but I I, th- I agree with you that it was uh, a f- uh, he sold it. O- uh, whether you say oversold it or sold it, he definitely yeah, sold he it. Definitely flopped. I don't out. think it would have made a difference in the game, even if no. it got a second yellow. Uh, it's but- not nice to see. I call it out when other folk do it. I'll call it out for that. It was just not nice to see at all. Be interesting if he does get at least a fine for for simulation, but. No, but that's the thing. I don't think. I don't think it was. But but it wasn't simulation. But for to example, me he was he was struck. He was struck. But but for for example, if that if that had if that swing had happened to his face, for example, and if it just made any contact, that would have been a red card. Whether it was a slight contact or any contact, that if swing to the, the face would have been a straight red. It'd have probably been a straight red. Also, have to give a big shout out. Well done to the pitch invader. Only white cap to get in the LA box all night, I think. There was a, it was the most dangerous you, in the box. Because yeah. I wasn't worried I was worried what he was gonna do. You you know he wasn't the only pinch invader. No. Yeah. 
Oh, I, don't I was know. talking to someone at the stadium after, and they were talking about the pitch invaders. I was like, there was more than one. They're like, yeah, there's a couple of people down behind the bench. I think who are oh, behind really? the benches somewhere. Yeah. Oh, see, that's I don't dangerous. know. I don't know what happened. Yeah. But. I I wouldn't want. I, I, like I know we we're just laughing about that guy because yeah. he was definitely inebriated. And once he got caught, he didn't put up a fight. He just went. I like how oh. he just. But uh, he is Ronaldo. But yeah. but yeah. The, yeah, but Ronaldo the behind the bench, that's dangerous. Yeah. Well, I don't know which bench. I don't know where. I don't know any bench. I'm not happy about. But. Um, I was disappointed with the, the that dude on the who did the went on the field. Like when you're you're out there, the security's not going to chase you. We know that. Yeah, they just stood there you, for you, the longest. You got it. You have to score the human goal. Yeah, you've seen that, right? Uh-huh. And you're that yeah. guy in Europe, you yeah. just go and fly in the net like you're the ball, and you score. Uh. Well, what he should have done is done that, then run up to Robo and do the kind of signing a checkbook thing. <laughs> Well, I talked about it. The three biggest cheers was when uh, the uh, ball got kicked out into the end line. Oh, you tweeted about this. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. Uh, and then for the when the fat bastard chat yeah. happened, and everybody took credit for that. And then um, obviously that pitch invasion was a pretty loud cheer. And then at the end of the game, there were a lot of boos. Yeah, were those? Uh, and I think a, a lot of folk had some boos by the end of the game, just to to kind of drown. Oh, boos! Oh, yeah, that yeah. too. There was there was boos everywhere. But, but who were they for? Yeah, that normally was a, that was it's a for, question we pose. Normally it's for the referee in most cases because usually the referee doesn't get Unless you're over um, yeah. watching his fight and yeah. it's usually for the team. But, but yeah, we, we posed that question. Who was it for? Was it for the team? Was it for the referee? Or was or, it both? both. What did uh, they say, Steve? Uh, referees only got uh, 2% or just under <laughs> 2%. Both got 17 Oh. So overall, the team just over eighty percent, eighty-one percent. Yeah, yeah. I voted. I voted both because the, the referee. Is that who you were booing for? No, I didn't boo. It felt like the referee lost control at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. But it was interesting. Is it indicative of a turning of the the fans? I mean, it emptied pretty quickly as well. So I, is, I that, think, is that abnormal? Well, I think that's also. I think VAR had also left early to beat the traffic. I think that was why the, those Teixeira and Felipe things weren't weren't reviewed. The, it was a it was Guzman was the VAR guy. Right? Yes, yeah. again, he probably didn't want to do yeah. anything else. Um, okay, so that that's talking about the match, but no home goals now in two hundred minutes of football. Is this are, are the Whitecaps a road team? that simply cannot play at home because they don't know what to do. They don't know how to create. They can't change things up. They, they just can't flick a switch to control the game the way that a home side would do. It unfortunately feels a little bit like that. It does. I think after the after the Columbus win, I think I think we tweeted from the, the Curva Collective account, like, so who's up for 34-way games? Let's just have a 34-way game schedule and see how that goes. I might be for that. My my issue is that, and this goes back to the Galaxy game, like the fact that they couldn't break a team down that was de- severely depleted and had no interest in attacking initially. They had a one or two moments, but they, for the most part, they weren't in, interested, and they couldn't break that team. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's kind of. I, I asked Juarez but then, but at the end of the game, but he didn't want to. Yeah, accept, but then they go and they. To beat Columbus, so. yeah, but, uh, but that's what. But they were they were Columbus was playing into their hand at that point. Yeah, yeah, to their to it, their strength. For, for me, it come it comes down to you. You don't have creative players. You 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 don't have sorry. Not that you okay, have well, any what, creative players. Okay, but what's with that? What's with the lack of creativity? Because you're not you're not. You need to use your designated player spots to have to have uh, creative players. That's they, where you need. They to, need to. You, they need to elevate the other players on the team. Essentially, from my point of view, yeah. Is it a case though that we've now like we've got a plethora of midfielders, 
But is it that we have too many that are similar? They're central midfielders, defensive midfielders. They do the dirty work in the middle, but they're not creative guys. Well, if you, if, well, if you, I think there is some Felipe creativity. Is there's creative. some, but there's not enough. And and, and Reina has been. Uh, even though I don't think he's a true. Well, twenty seventeen Reina was. Yeah, we don't know what what's happened to. Well, got a few ideas what's happened to twenty eighteen Reina, but yeah, no, but, it's the but I, I would say, <laughs> yeah, I I miss the big hair. The uh, it's okay. Eric's got the big hair for him this year. So um, I would say no. The group as a whole in midfield, I say would say the actual quality is is higher, like throughout. Uh, than it has maybe been in previous years. And that's part of the deception of it all. Yeah, well, see, that is the thing I feel, and we're going to talk to Russell Tybert about this later in the show, I genuinely feel this is the best Whitecap squad yeah. in terms of quality. But it's but it's not keeping up. So th- this is the whole part of the parody of MLS, right? Every year the salary cap goes up a little bit. So every year your team gets a little bit better and you feel good about it. You feel excited. It gives you ambition because you see this. But if you if you actually step step out and not just look at your own or your own team, your own club, and you look you look and see what's happening elsewhere, other other teams are doing exponentially yeah. more. Well, I won't say who, but a, a senior media person say has said to me that the white cats feel irrelevant in the current MLS. They're just not a team that anyone really has much interest in outside of the market, which is great for us when we're trying to market our show to, to people across North America and the world. And for me that writes for the MLS website, lots of folk want to read my White Caps articles and that. But it just in terms of spending and in excitement and folk from other places going, oh, yeah, the Whitecaps are playing. I'd like to watch that I, game. I've heard similar thoughts from similar quarters. Yeah. But I, I just do feel that we've got so many similar midfielders that are great in the middle of the park and we're just lacking something on the wings. Now, let's look at Felipe. He was a playmaker on Friday. It was officially a 4-1-4-1. I still feel it was more a 4-2-3-1. But either way, Felipe was the playmaker in that. Not saying he was the out-and-out number 10, but he was the guy that was expected to be the the playmaker. Now, Russell Beresford wrote a fantastic soccer shorts piece this morning, which covered a lot of great points. Some of them we're going to talk about in the next couple of minutes as well. But he mentioned that Felipe, as your playmaker, did not complete one pass into the LA penalty box. Because not not because yeah, because he didn't attempt yeah, any. Not because they were poor, just he didn't attempt a yeah. pass into the LA box. That is shocking and damning. How can you win if your playmaker is not actually putting the ball in the box? Now, oh, Robbo said post game. Well, what were you going to say, Zach? Well, part of that had to do with how they approached the game. So they had not only did they have three. Uh, three center backs, three. Yeah. Pretty, it, was, it was basically five. Well, no, that's what, it was, that's back, what I was going to yeah. say. They have three, cent, three fairly strong by MLS standard center backs, and then they had two extremely experienced M- MLS fullbacks to add to that. Yeah, that were playing as wingers, quote unquote, and yeah. were very up for the match. Right, and then you had two kind of holding, two guys holding in front of that. You yeah. had Mark Anthony K doing more of a Again, typical breaking down typical six, and you had you Steve had uh, Benny Flophaber playing as kind of like an eight. Right, you can call him that. I would have him here any day. Oh, he he. he you're talking about Belschman. There was at least twice in oh, that yeah. game where. Now, Robo, we tried to get the penalty the one time. Who doesn't do that? Robo said after the game, "We've just got." This was in, in answer to a question about the lack of creativity. We've just got to go back to the drawing board and try and do it again. Whether it's trying a different formation, whether it's a tweak in personnel. Now that's great. That's what we want to hear. 
But will we do that? Because we haven't seen a lot of changes in to, to kind of switch things up. Time will tell. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the change of personnel is not something that, that e- easily it, happens. That's, not gonna ha- that's the one thing that can't open. Yeah, the right. transfer window is still open until yeah. start of Yeah, May. but you and, have to get people and, out in order to get people yeah. in, and that's hard to do. Well, and I don't, the guy that you might want to have moved before Brexit, I don't want to move him now. Yeah. He's the only guy that can score. Ah, uh, Brexit. What an enigma that whole situation is. Anyways, um, uh, no, yeah, we basically know that if something happens now in this May transfer window, you know it's a panic thing or as, yeah. a, as a result of what's happening. And he's always said he doesn't do that. He thinks long term. He's not going to just do something short term. Right. Which Pan- okay. Sorry, panic might be a strong word. Well, let, let, let's, let's jump ahead a little bit and let's look at the team without Kamara then. Now, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. It looks like a groin. On average, you're maybe looking, what, four to six weeks? That could be seven games, I think, uh, had a look at. He might not be back toward till maybe the end of May. Blondell, hopefully, is not going to be out for too long. But he's still finding his feet in MLS. But he's a quality striker elsewhere, so, I mean, that's good. But do the Caps need to panic and go and get another striker? Because they've just got rid of Meyer Bevan off to Sweden. Yeah. So your other possible striker that, that could have done something is not here. But he can be recalled at any time. So if they feel he like... He can be. Are you, wait, are, you, are you sure about that? Yeah. yeah. Is yeah, that, that in the that, release? Yeah, that was in the release. I mean, do they go back and try and get this or do they just try and ride this out? Well, I, th- I think... I, I would you're, say they have the, to. I say they're going to write it out. They're, they're unless all, another injury. Yeah, I think you're right. always, you, as a football club, you're always looking for better players. That never yeah. stops. So I know some people did not I believe like. I I have Robo saying that a couple of times. Right. So I know people get frustrated when they hear that, but that is that's truth. I think that's every football club. Every football club, club's always trying to do that. I'm always looking for better players. That's right. That's why you brought in Joe Deasy and Gideon, those other guys, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Fair, fair play to you on that. Yeah. Um, so sorry to, to break it to you just now, but I've traded you both. Um, Steve, you're you're going to an Orlando podcast. Now, I'll go San Diego if you can get me that arrangement. See, that Zach's me. laughing, but what he doesn't know is he's actually going I know to an Uzbekistan podcast oh, okay. that, that we've got a new swap deal with. That's okay. I thought you were going to say like Deadpool or Flanders or something. I should have thought of a team you yeah. wouldn't like and for some bizarre reason, Uzbekistan yeah. popped yeah. in my head. That's far away. You could have yeah. gone Leipzig. No, so the, the... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's keep this back on track. There are, I think the, the the quick solution, hopefully, is that Blundell's situation is was just one game. He's back yeah. and he hits form. That that's the ideal, and you and you write out Kamara being out Hopefully. with other people stepping up, or if they do look at different tactical approaches, two strikers with uh, to, to uh, what's his name? Two strikers. <laughs> two strikers with uh, Jordy as a false nine. As that's like a was dream. talked about. Just a two strikers. Is that what you is that what you wake up in the middle? I, of that? I wake up or wake up in the morning dreaming of three five two. I I, I you know what I have no Alex pro- Morgan's in that dream as well. Funnily enough, I have no problem with a four two three one. But get that guy that's playing in the middle of the three to move up a little bit and attack a little bit more if you're going to do that. It, you can, you don't have to play with two guys up front if you want to, you know. Yeah. But just have just give the guy the good the okay to go and give even one of the two at the back in the four two three one. Get one of those guys to move up a little bit, attack more with the four two three one. You don't have to sit back the whole game either. Well, well let's turn our attention to Juarez quickly. What is his role in the team? It's like he, is he DM? Is he CM? 
We've seen him as a, a, an attacking midfielder, almost. It's like, for me, if you're looking at him as a DM, Tiber is above him in his play this year. Stop the presses. I know. I, I've totally come around on Tiber. And we are, not just because we're going to hear from him later on the show. And he's his favourite player now. Oh, one of my favourite interviews I've done this year. But actually, it was a good interview because he was so jovial. But he talks about he's found his role and his place in this team now. And I think it's showing. So I I put him above Juarez. So where does Juarez fit in? Do we just say, look, I know you came here as a midfielder, but... Let's give Jake a little bit of a rest and put you in at right back. I know some. I know there's been mixed. Where we got Sean Franklin too? Yeah, he, oh, he's still I injured. I don't. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, you know who's not injured? Oh, we'll talk about that later. Um, uh, Effie. Juarez. Effie. Yeah. So <laughs> t- I know there's been mixed reviews on him. Uh, oh, he's been talking to Steve. Um, <laughs> no, like I, I'm going to recuse in, myself from in this. Everybody <laughs> knows my opinion. In this match, in this match, ma- I, like I think he. I, I know he's. He, some people think maybe he's not fast enough, like he's not or whatever. He, I know he's not old, but he feels like an old soul a little bit. But he in that in that game, he almost created a goal out of nothing just by pressure, right? By pressuring Miller, the former oh, flounder. Oh, that was a great that, if that, if that had gone in, everyone would be the game would have been different. Yeah. Everyone would be singing his praises. Or if he'd injured Miller, that too. That was close. Former former flounder, yeah. yeah. Um. So I, the one thing I like about him so far, and I've only talked to him twice. I talked to him the day before first kick. Uh, and I talked to him yesterday, and the one thing I liked about yesterday, uh, the response I saw, and I haven't actually I haven't seen all the listened to all the media stuff, but in the stadium talking to um, a handful of guys, one of the things that I think is different that hopefully supporters and fans can take some solace in is do you remember the comment from Kenny Miller a number of years ago? I was like the mentality here is off. Yes, you 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 lose a game and guys are still going out on the town. Guys, mm-hmm. It doesn't affect them; they don't really care. Yeah, they don't go home and kick their cat. <laughs> Is that what he exactly actually said? Oh, I, I don't think no. he said that. Well, like, I, anyways, used to, I used to go home and that mentality. I don't even own a cat. Yesterday, yesterday, one of the things for me was that that, that mentality was noticeably different. Yeah, I mean, if he is great in the locker room, and, and I'm not saying like drop him from the team. Just what is what is his role? What is the best? I'd like him on the pitch because of that mentality and his attitude, but where does he fit in? Then where does Tybert fit in? Where does Felipe fit in? Jordan Much, where does he fit in? Gazal, yeah. Gazal, well, much, yeah. Was, much was injured, the forgotten right? Forgotten man, Ali Much Gazal. was injured. Much is still injured, yeah. yeah. Signing autographs in the bell box. Yeah. Uh, Gazal is still getting back to match fitness, so he can't play a full 90. But why is he not so yesterday, starting and maybe playing 60? Yesterday, looking at who's on the field, it looks like Rusty was supposed to be the six. It looked like FA supposed yep. to be the eight, and Felipe supposed to be the ten. Yeah, that's what I think it was supposed and to I be. And I just don't think that worked. Last little bit. This, this is going to be a three-hour show. I don't know who's going to want to download a three-hour podcast. We'll find out. Just make it two, like you've done. In the- <laughs> I'll just cut out all Steve's music. Go ahead. Now we have two songs. <laughs> you have two of them. Yeah, I know. Three X of them. Oh yeah. Um, right. Last thing before we get to the player rankings. What's up with the defence? Waston, great 2015, poor 2016. Great 2017, are we in for that dodgy no. 2018? Or is I, it just I, his hairstyle that's dodgy? I, I, but but overall, <laughs> that's I think... That's not right. No, the two games that you, you want to question him on was the red card. That wasn't his fault. We, everybody's agreed to that now. Including, it was unanimous. Inc- including the league. It was yeah. unanimous. Um, and then obviously to, in the last game, it was one moment, Yes. And but to me, I don't you, think he had a horrible game. To me, you can't put that moment on him either. No. And the reason I, I worded it like that is 
without upsetting anyone. But the reason I worded it like that is I feel he's having to do so much Too in that defence. Yeah. And that's it's leading to the odd mistake here and there because he feels he has to do everything. My- Marcel, he's great. He's not a, a leader on the pitch. He's not a vocal guy on the pitch. And he kind of admits that himself. And you've got a young guy in AHA that's still finding his feet in the team. You've got a young guy, Narinsky, only in his second season. Marinovic is still relatively young. And doesn't seem a crazy vocal dude. No, he doesn't seem a very vocal keeper. Although after David Eistead, I don't know if anyone would seem like a very vocal keeper. But I just feel that a lot has been asked of Kendall and it is causing these odd little mistakes here and there. I feel like the majority of mistakes on the goals, uh, especially the last few goals, has been when the, the back line gets pushed back a little bit. And then there's a gap. And the, the midfielders do not fall back into that gap and cover the people trailing people or whatever. Which midfielders, Steve? Well, <laughs> but not just him. Yeah, there are other people know, too. And they, and people are not supporting because cause the, the, whoever the opposition is, they're pushing the back line back. And then you get that those gaps at the top of the box or just outside the box. And that's where the goals are coming from, from what I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's, let's get to our, our weekly player rankings. And we'll... We'll see what the what the listeners made of it all. So, you got the rankings out a little bit late this week, Steve, because you wanted people to kind of Re- recover. Reflect. Yeah, recover, and and I you don't want anybody like obviously it, it, the you don't want rage rankings. Ra- rage rankings, yes. exactly. You want the rage to subside before you actually get the rage stuff against out. the machine. But oh, I did so, do it, um, so and we got actually quite a few people in the short time, and I will leave it open for the overall score. Um, but it looks like uh, from the bottom, uh, not taking out the subs. The bottom three are uh, in the bottom is Stefan Marinovic. Yeah, he took yep. the bottom spot. He was in mine. Yep. Then uh, Efren Juarez and Michael. If you want to look, walk around, you can check, double check to make sure I'm not making this up. <laughs> Efren Juarez. I can confirm he is not lying. And then bottom, the he third did vote twenty times, but yeah. I can only, you can only vote once. Oh. Um, and the uh, um, third from the bottom is Kendall Waston. Oh. So the, mm-hmm. that that the second goal I think had a lot of people, um, you know, influenced on that one on this rankings. Um, and then you got the top five. Um, now, go from five to one because sure. you confused us last okay, week. Okay, so five to one. Fifth is Jake Nowitzki. Fourth, Jose Aja. Really? Third, and he was the. I, I think had he him was, third. He was he was named man of the match. I, I think. think in the in the game itself. Mm. Uh, number three, Marcel De Jong. Number two, Russell Tybert. and number one, Alfonso Davies. Yeah, I I had that one too. Yeah, and I had and Russell first and Davies second. The one thing funny thing about this is usually it's unanimous the first place vote. Uh, both Russell and Alfonso got around 30% of the first place votes. Almost everybody got a, a first place vote except for Stefan Marinovic huh. and, uh, and Jordi Reyna. As, and a, as a, and a lot of people commented to you that it was really hard to... Yeah, they yeah. did. And okay, so a couple of, couple of follow-up questions. How many players received passing grades for this ca- oh, uh, yeah. for the Cavs? Oh, yeah. Zero to three, four to six, seven or more. Zero to three ran away with it mm. with 93% yeah. of the votes. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I was struggling beyond the top three, I have to yeah. say. Where would you place the coaching staff in the rankings? One to three, four to six, seven to nine, ten to fourteen. Uh the one to three, four to six, seven to nine was even about, you know, 
10 to 13 percent, and the 10 to 14 got 66 percent of the vote. It's an awkward. That's an awkward mix, but well, people always say what include the coaching staff in the rankings, and yeah, but we're doing player rankings. Yeah, but so I thought say a lot of things to us, and it just gets. I just thought trouble. I'd give everybody the option to give everybody an idea of where they wanted. That's yeah. Oh man. So yeah, those are the rankings then. It, the, the context there is is huge because you're talking about coaches versus players. It's, I know yeah, that's I, why I didn't. That's why I actually didn't put them in the co- the yeah, ranking I itself. And I, it's kind of a but, thing where people say, "Oh, why don't you include the coaches?" Yeah. I can't. But there was one other question. Uh, There's you a asked couple more about. Oh, I thought we would get it later. No, we'll get okay. into that now, and then we'll we'll go into the next break. Technical director. Okay, it's something that you and me were talking about on the phone so earlier. I I just thought I'd throw it out there because there uh, a lot of people on on social media are. Calling for Robbo out. It's it's. It, uh, I I got a lot of responses today when I put out that survey. That a lot can of you give us saying, a scientific number? How many people? More than usual. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I put. It I, was a very very vicious. T- Twitter on, online Twitter sphere. Yeah. Yeah. And Twitter the thing and is, Facebook. and obviously this is the vocal majority, a vocal minority, whether you want to call it or majority yeah. or whatever. The, but the, 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 they were very vocal about it. But the people who aren't vocal or okay with Robinson aren't going to express it as much, right? Because they're probably scared of getting bitten off too. Um, so you've got to always remember this: folk that aren't online and on social media as yeah, well. Exactly. There are. Hmm. Oh, like JJ Adams. Yeah. I don't know if you can trust that guy for that. I, I, I a reporter who's not on Twitter. It's because he, he doesn't want to be like me and lose his life to it. Because I have Twitter up all day that I'm awake. Okay, but look at... I, this is some kind of bias. But look at... I thought Weber did a good job at that. I'm not like letting it consume his life. He did it when he wanted to. Yeah. He didn't when he didn't want to. Yeah, but it, it consumes me. I also, so where, where, do you want to, where, where do you want to see Carl Robinson? I gave the options. I know one, the first one was harsh. Um, replaced on the bench with more funds. On the bench with a technical director. Or stay the course. Um, I'm going to uh, think replaced, 60, judging by o- the... Over 60% said replaced. Uh, 25% on the bench with more funds. Um, and just under 10% said on the bench with a technical director. Uh, the correct answer is, is obviously on the bench with more funds to, in the, for the squad. Is that it the is. correct answer? Oh, we'll That's talk, about, we'll talk yeah, about part three or yeah. part and eight or whatever. Last one, to. based on that ESPN article that came out uh, midweek. Oh, yes. Uh, do you feel the players aren't good enough or are they being held back by the tactics of the coaching staff. Um, 13% said not sure. 18% said the players aren't good enough. And 68% said they're being held back by the coaching. Interesting. A, a lot of blame has not gone on, on the players. And, I mean, if we're saying that we feel it's a, a strong squad, it's, there's a whole other argument. And let's get into some of that in part three. And we'll be back with that after this. Hi, guys. This is Felipe. Thanks for listening, AFTN. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. So, yep, still got more white caps talk ahead. You, depending if you're glass half full, glass half empty, you could look at this two ways. The caps have three wins and a loss from the first five matches, but two defeats in a row in their last two. But they're still third in the West. Or you could say. One win in the last five, three losses, no goals in 200 minutes at home. Yes, they are third, but they've played more games than most teams. Almost every team except Yeah, only four teams have played seven. Us, KC, and the West are the only teams. Oh, that's right, today's game. I forgot about today's games. 
how good or bad is this team, or do we simply not know yet? For me, the next nine games up to this World Cup break is going to be what makes or breaks this team. I know we've talked before, it's how good you are in the second half of the season, but I think we're going to know at least by the World Cup break whether this is a team that is going to do anything. We've got five games at home, and to me, all five of those are winnable. And if we don't win those, I think we could be in trouble. Yeah, I feel like the... the I, I'm not. I'm not totally down on this team. My my problem is the performances they put against teams that they should beat. And should they beat LAFC? I think so. I I, I think they should have put up a better on pa- fight on, on paper. I don't think so. I think they should have put up a better fight for sure. And I think the two defensive errors. I think that cost them. It could have been the minimum zero zero. But then going back, my point is the whole thing is the LA Galaxy game, and I keep going back onto that. But I don't. I don't want to keep harping on that one. But that one was the one that turned it around for I me. I would agree. And the they RSL, the RSL game too, and I know our, going to RSL is not they're always a cup of tea for them, but I still think they should have done better there as well. I think they would have won if, if the, the guy had been sent off for the tackle on Kamara. Oh, well, should have, would have, could have. Yeah. If Kendall doesn't get sent off in Atlanta, yeah. maybe they get a draw there. Yeah, everything's possible. <laughs> I know that's wishful thinking. But, yeah. yeah, if my auntie had ball, she'd be Monkle. But we had a Twitter poll. We had a lot of polls the, this this weekend. Anyway, our Twitter poll question for the week was, what do you feel would make the Whitecaps a better team quickest? I, I went back and forth the best way to word it, and I, I went with quickest. That was maybe not the best word to put in. Um, but you could only pick one answer, and I only had four that I could put up, sadly not 20. I said different owners, different coach, different players, or different tactics. From those four, what do you think got the most votes? Well, what, what I, would you have voted what, for? What I would have voted for was not a different ownership, but a different front office. That's my number one thing that I think is the issue with this. But uh, whether you want to include the ownership in that, that's fine. But that's what I think. And I'm not saying fire everybody. I'm just saying it needs to re- be rejigged in a way. But uh, I think the, probably the coach at this point is being scapegoated for everybody. My, well, well my, I know from talking to Zach because we were coming in, <laughs> he's got some things to say in this. So let's, let's grab a seat, okay. a cup of tea, chocolate digestive. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Steve, I think I think the, the ownership is more hands-on than people really grasp, partly because the main owner wants to be invisible publicly. Therefore, you do, he doesn't want his involvement seen at all in any way, shape, or form. I would love to get a couple of minutes with him though to see if he does want a chocolate digestive can you it's like you finally got some time with Greg Carefoot <laughs> or fish ask him chips. anything so Greg <laughs> you're at home at night <laughs> that would be that would be great that, that would be that would break ratings I wanted to do that when I was down at Copa America and Messi was coming out and people were like Messi one question one question just one one question and I wanted to go would you like a chocolate digestive, Lionel? <laughs> oh, that would have, that would have been amazing. Sorry, what, what was your answer to the question again? Steve? I said that I think ownership slash front office okay. needs to be just readjusted in order to get better results. So, in seeing this thing that you put out, Michael, in watching the game and reading a bunch of the feedback or, or whatever, I, I, so I have an analogy. I guess it's not no not all analogies are perfect. Is it okay if I share this analogy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know why that Barbie's in here. <laughs> I've been distracting me for the whole... I, I'm glad you guys have seen it as well, because okay. I really thought it was my medication. <laughs> There's a bar- Barbie doll in the corner of the studio. With her legs looking, askew. Looking right at you, Michael. Or, no, maybe not. Anyways. Um, 
No, the analogy for me is this. If you uh, – so Vancouver Whitecaps are like, what, 44 years old or whatever. If you have a 44-year-old and let's say you have a – the 44-year-old has a, a leaky – a leaky <laughs> – what, 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 what did Steve do? <laughs> I'm just picturing a 44-year-old with a leaky whatever. No, yeah, you, you, you said leaking, you didn't yeah, complete okay, it. If you have a 44-year-old and they got a, uh, uh, like a leaky heart, like a, a leaky heart valve. They're, well, they're not going to live long. No, you can, actually. Oh. That's the thing. You can. Uh, you can live for... You're listening to the AFTN <laughs> Medical Show on CITR. So, and you're asking, you know, how, do, how, how can you make them better, right? You can... Uh, you can uh, you can crack them open and put in a new valve. You can you know crack open the sermon, open heart surgery, put in a new conduit, put in a new valve. Go solve the problem that way. You can do stuff by medication. You can do stuff by uh, their diet. You can you know, deal with you know if they get injured, maybe this also causes other problems. Whatever uh, you you know, uh, say if they get a cut and you're worried about bleeding or whatever, you can we can talk about all kinds of the colors of band aids they can put on and what that looks like or whatever. Teddy bear. Right? So you, you can do all these different things, mm-hmm. but you're really, unless you go and fix where the leak is, you're not really going to fix the whole thing. So this doesn't really address the quickness, quickest part of your question, but I think, I think the, the main issue uh, is not the, the, the quickest one, is not the lowest hanging fruit, right? And I think people want the lowest hanging fruit. They want changing, the lowest hanging fruit in this equation of what you put out there, Michael, is changing players or changing tactics. Those are the easiest things to do. Right there's lots of players you can change them tactics or, tactics there's lots of options you can change that, um, but what really I think needs to happen with the Whitecaps is a change in their ambition and a change in their change in their their approach, because I think what's happened in Vancouver in the MLS era is they have really and what you see even in that ESPN article you if you if you listen to what Robbo says and you read between the lines. Right, what they're what what they what they what if you listen rightly, what you hear is, we for what we spend and what we do, we are punching above our weight. We are doing better, and I do agree with right. that. So people will say, yeah, okay, so they were like ninth last year, and we don't know what this year. I think this year will be lower, but last year they were ninth in the spending table, and they finished above that. So Robbo uses the language when our players play at their level or above, we do fine. When they don't. This is what happens, yeah. right? When you're playing LAFC and they have these two DPs, one of whom Peter Shad said in the broadcast that Robbo had scouted, that Diego Rossi, Robbo had scouted him when he went scouting for Teixeira and, uh, and Aja and Rodriguez, but he was not in their price range, right? So when you're playing it's against... Like the, Aja. Are we, are we going to get him in two years' time? <laughs> Maybe. But when you're playing, when you're playing against teams that are youth, more fully using their designated player spots... So Vancouver's, I believe, using two right now. And both of the players that they're using are on less than a million dollars, and which is TAM money, right? TAM money, now we know from Ibrahimovic, is 1.5 or less. When you're not using all the discretionary TAM money that these, vote, these owners voted to be brought into the league, you're not using those things. You, you, can't expect, you can't expect for things to get better unless you change those things. Now... Yeah, is it our right to say here the owners need to spend to those limits? That's another debate you can have or whatever. But people should not expect exponentially more when, like you, like Steve, what you said on paper, you thought they should have won. They're playing against Carlos Vela, who's a what six to twelve million dollar player, and will be at the World Cup, and and Diego Rossi, who I forget how much they paid for him, right? 
these players that are ex- they are better than our best players. Especially- well, we did try to sign Dino Rossi. No, but I was like, so. So if as you, I was if, saying before, I wasn't expecting a win. I was expecting a better effort. Okay, but if you don't, if you, but even even if you have a better effort, if that if that team, Steve, if that team puts in the, their best effort, then the, then Columbus BTFC in the home opener away from home. Right, and where we, what was TSC focusing on? That's fine, but they're they're focusing still be on, the better play. They were focusing on cha- they were focusing on Champions League. They weren't mm-hmm. putting their best foot forward but in that. Okay, that's fine. It, like, no. it's, it's easy to say as well that if play if, if my players play at their top levels, then we can compete. If you have players that aren't the greatest, they're not at a high level. Getting them to sustain their top level it's on difficult. a regular basis is very, very difficult. Exactly. So the, to me, the expectations are where to whack unless you want to... Plus unless, a super quality player not at his top level is then on a par with the guys we have at their top level. That's, like, that's one Ibrahimovic, we look at not at his top of his game, is probably still going to be better than Eric Curtado, see, at the top of his game. And I'm not using that as a dig at Eric. So it's like a 150 versus 1.5 million player in this league. They're... 1.5, still 1 and so, 5. So so to me, yeah, you can say change the players, change the tactics, change, change the coach. But if, if, if you're not actually going to go at the root of the problem, which is the, the ambition, which is the which is the uh, what what's being willing to invest in the squad, yeah. that's that's the bigger thing. Well, that's let, where the long-term so change sweet. will happen. Let, let's see what our listeners said. So they said different players, just 8%. Different owners, 19%. Different tactics, 34%, mm. and a different coach, 39%. Again, maybe not a great weekend for trying to do some polls because there's a lot of angry people, rightly so, out there. Um, and we're going to get to some of the tweets just now. Now, like I said at the start, we had so many tweets this week. This has been, like, I've liked them all just to make them easier to find. I'm. If I, if I don't get to your tweet, I'm sorry. We did read it and we've acknowledged it, but there's just so much to to kind of cover. So going back just to some of it. And breakfast with the Browns is at 8 o'clock, so we got to get out before then. Oh, it's at 8. I thought it was yeah. 6. Okay, but we've got time to finish Oh, is it maybe 6, yeah. No, no, let, let's go for 8. They, they can wait. No, but so I, honestly, I, I think I think that the Whitecaps have... I think under Robbo, they've done better than you than you should expect. I agree. And so because of that, now people expect even more because again, the spending in the league's gone up a little bit. It looks like the squad is more deep and more more high quality. But but really, everyone else has not everyone. Most teams have gone have gotten better as well. And so I, I think they don't. I think and the coaching staff, the way they set it up is. They'll take the blame when things go bad. They'll praise the players when things go good. They don't really get the credit when things go well. No. Okay. Let's. I'll try and just rattle through these just as, as quick as possible. So we won't make any comment on it. We'll just get through as many as we can. So, Tyler Etheridge said, Whitecaps FC, that was sad. As a club and a business, you need to take a look in the mirror. The effort and tactics were pathetic, embarrassing, and hopefully unacceptable. Effort. Murray Lynn said, still feeling disdain and disbelief from last night. Van Can C says, choosing a different coach simply because I have no belief that this coach can implement different tactics. Caleb Wilkins, in the preseason, I wrote a lot about not making change for the sake of it. Honestly, though, I look at a team like San Jose who are producing about the same results. They are lower in the table by virtue of only having played four games, but by scoring loads of goals, and I think maybe that wouldn't be so bad. 
Van City Polo. I felt like Whitecaps looked like the team had that had just joined MLS, not LAFC. Think it's time for Robinson to go, but it may take new ownership for that to happen. Caleb Wilkins also added that the last two years the team has felt a bit bland and corporate. In 2011, they were shit, but at least players like Hasley and Rashad were really lovable. He wanted them to succeed. Guys like Kamara are a positive step, but mm. overall they're a bit boring. Tom Green, tactics and coach is what he his options were, but those come hand in hand for the most part. Greg Baxter, the order you've presented the options basically go from longest term to most immediate. The quickest results would be from tactics, but long-term changes need to start at the very top. Jay Lamb, Robo has no clue when it comes to building up plays and working the ball up the field. Problem is we focus on low-probability attacking patterns, cross from wide and hopefully connects. Far too predictable and easy to defend. Craig Lucas, I think if Robbo had a bigger budget, we could see if he is the issue, which is definitely the case. Give him a bigger budget, see if it is the coach that is the problem. But and that's the thing. Like if you if you did, if you did, and you've seen this with other coaches, even here in Vancouver, if you if you do want to make a change in the coach, then you're going to have a year, year and a half of changing that yeah. squad. I'm calling a foul on Zach for commenting on a tweet. <laughs> Hellcat there, it was like several people that said all of the above. Uh, Shoe Thief says Robo out but the owners need to do that so we'll start there sell the team please Greg Petrie quickest coaching change Robinson is not learning from past mistakes and seems incapable of change right now but the real issues with the club start above him Rick Halland this is one poll where all of the above might have been a good option I'm usually more optimistic but last night's game was awful and aren't tactics and coach pretty much the same since the coach makes the tactics Michael Nicholas, play our highest paid only. If they don't perform, get rid of them. Stop playing budget players. We won't compete in in MLS if we can't spend. I'll just do two more. There is so many more, but I'll just do two more. Josh P, after such an uninspiring finish to last season and not much said or done by ownership, it really shows how unmotivated they are to win or how okay they are with mediocrity. Change has to stop at the top, in my opinion, but for the quickest change, it would be a new coach. I don't feel like Robbo is capable of new tactics, or he would have done so already. And R. Baldry will make this the last one. I've given Robbo the benefit of the doubt up to now. I've had many frustrating experiences watching them, but last night was different. The first time I felt real despair. Player selection and tactical preparation was so poor, there was never a chance of a way back. And there's a lot more of those, and there's a lot of folks saying they're not going to renew season tickets. A lot of people just don't want to watch that. They just don't find it entertaining. Now, my standpoint has not changed. I Entertainment for me is not the key thing. It's By any results. means necessary, it's results. You, if you're not getting the results and you're not playing entertaining, it's hard to defend. No, but my issue is if you want to play that way, I need to see effort on the pitch. I don't want yeah, to... Yeah, I mean, uh, effort I, was I, a good that, point that was raised that, there. I, so you, you've had troubles with F.E. Wars this year. Did you not see his effort yesterday? He might have had one or two moments, but I feel overall, he's given I, great effort, but yeah, he's maybe just not adding what the so team needs. So ta- in talking after the game, one of the things that for crazy, was crazy for me was his... Dispo- like He was like, like almost like brokenhearted over, over how things went. And you know what he said, Steve? He said, we're, we are giving our best, but he said, and this was not my quote, this was just him talking, I didn't ask him. He said, you know what he said, Steve? He said, I think we are giving our best, but we need to give more. And so maybe maybe you'll see that from uh, him. Maybe it's just that I don't see him in that position. And I, I was yeah. and at the beginning of the season, everybody was harping, like, he's not a center midfielder. And I was giving, I wanted to give yeah, him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, we gave him the benefit of the doubt. And, and, but I just don't see him there, and I don't see what he can offer. I, 
for for me going back to it, uh, I I see Gazal, Tybert, and Felipe as being my ideal midfield right now. We have to get Gazal in soon, hopefully against KC. It, if Gazal's in there, it frees up the other two midfielders yeah. to do whatever they want. Like you're, I'm not concerned. Then at that point, is Gazal 100 percent fit? I, I don't think he can go 90 minutes. Oh, okay, I'd rather I think see that's it. part of the problem. But I'd be happy to give him 60. Yeah. I, People, Once he's in, we'll get a better idea yeah. of what this team so is. So people talked well. a lot about the style, right? And so a lot of people, I think, have been harping on the directness or whatever. That's one of the things I watched for when I went back and watched the game. Is one of the one of the stats I kept, whatever, was how many times are they playing an intentional, not a clearance or whatever, an intentional pass long, like twenty yards over players, kind of whatever, high risk kind of passes, and it wasn't. As much as it felt like, again, confirmation bias. I was talking before. I didn't in the stadium. It felt like all the time. Well, when I went back and watched it, it was not nearly that bad. I think in the whole game there was like twenty four times, and their success rate was almost fifty percent. So it's not like because I always think of long ball being so low percentage. You, you, you know, if you get thirty percent, you'd be. I lucky. don't mind long ball though, but I mean, I, a guy who we do feel has done well and does show effort all the time is Russell Tiber. And as regular listeners will know, I, past couple of years, I've been critical of Russell and, and what he's brought to the team. But part of that is I know what he can do. And we saw it in 2013. And I just want that Russell back. And this year, we've seen a different Russell Tiber. It seems like a bit of a weight is lifted off his shoulder. And he would agree with that as well. I got a chance to sit down with him on Thursday. Talked about a lot of things. And we'll play that for you now. Haven't spoken to you for ages, no, Russell. So, how, how are you feeling in, in the squad this year? There's been a lot of new midfielders right. come in. You seem to have really kind of found your game again. I'm not saying it disappeared, yeah, but it's yeah. like you seem like a different person this season. Effie coming in, Felipe, yeah. has it kind of taken you to the next level? I think when when you play with with quality players, your quality goes up as well. And I'm, I don't mean in the sense that years in the past there wasn't quality here. I think um, my quality has always been here as well. Um, I'm just able to play in a position now that I'm comfortable in and confident in and, and you know when you have a team that's confident in you as well a coaching staff that's confident in you um, and a contract that, that's keeping me here for a couple more years um, everything is set up for me to play all I have to worry about is playing and, and that's what I'm doing this year and, and uh, I'm happy and I'm confident and uh, I'm just looking forward to get back on the field again Talking of the contracts I haven't spoke to you since you signed that it's was there ever any chance that you thought of leaving or is this your home now this is where you want to be in my mind I was never leaving I think you know maybe in other people's mind there's they may have questioned it but my relation with this club I don't think there was ever any question I was going anywhere um, I'm happy to be here for another three years and you know this club has become my home uh, the club is my family the city has taken me in and uh, I have no plans on leaving now I don't know how much attention you pay to the stats but we made a bit of at first, fun, but then every game you've started this year, the team's not lost. I've heard that one. Yeah, now we're, we're going to play this on Sunday, so yeah. obviously we don't know what's going to happen on Friday night, but does that give you a little bit of bragging rights in the locker room? Do you kind of no, bring I, that up? No, never. Um, I, my my uh, record is the team's record, um, and, and, and that doesn't change. So, 
whether I'm I'm starting, whether I'm in, coming off the bench, or whether I'm in the 18, my record is the team's record. Um, whatever I can do to help this team win, I'll do that. And then I don't know if it's luck or if it's it's just been purely hard work that's driving us on. But if I get a chance to play, I can promise you that I'll be hard working and I'll do every whatever I can to get the result. You've obviously been here from the start of the MLS era, way before that as well. But the squad just now, it feels. Like the strongest squad we've had. It is. Is that, is that how you see it? Uh, exactly how I see it. And I don't know what more I can say about that. Yeah. It, it, it's the strongest squad that we have. If you look at from top to bottom, the quality that we have, that guys that have come in, the, 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 the players that the management has gone and got, we have we have an unbelievable team. And, you know, last year we felt we almost underachieved because the squad that we had, and we've only built on that. So who knows what we can achieve this year. But within the first five, six games, we've had some good results and we'll continue to do so. Heading to, to Kansas City next week, a lot of road games to start with and it's a lot of long road trips to start off yeah. with. Are you just happy to get those out of the way early? You know, They are nice to get out of the way early, but what's even nicer is get, picking up points on them. Um, we felt hard done by in, in Salt Lake. Not that our performance was our best performance, but you know we're a good away team and we expect to win now and that's way different. I remember the first time we were in the league in our opening season, um, I can't even remember if we got one point on the road, but now we've transitioned. Yeah. <laughs> we've transitioned into this team that that expects to pick up three points on the road, and when you have that expectation for yourself, you have something special. And just the last thing, looking back to to the that opening game against Toronto, I was just watching some highlights of that the other day. When you look back at that time and that experience. How do you see that you've grown in, in those that time since? I wish I could look back and say I physically I've I've grown a couple of inches, but I haven't <laughs> haven't grown at all. Uh, but as a player and as a person, I think um, I've gone through so many ups and downs, and it's it's only made me stronger as a person. I mean that in every way. Um, there's things that you learn in football that you'll never learn in a classroom, and I've been fortunate enough to be a, a part of this club since I was 15 years old. And the life lessons that I learned and the player that this club has shaped me into, I would never change a thing. Okay, thank you so much for your Thank time, you Russell, and good luck the rest of the year. Cheers, man. And I wear it for my lady, the Canadian flag, baby! Russell Tybert there. Obviously, I jinxed him. The Cats were unbeaten when he started. I did say, as you heard, that, well... Uh, be recording this before Sunday, hopefully it's the same. Obviously it wasn't, so that record has gone. But we touched on the, the Sporting Kansas City game there, and we won't go into it too much because the preview podcast is going to be out Wednesday night or Thursday morning. But I mean, ca- can they turn it around? Is it going to be three losses in a row? Yeah, Kansas City has been a place they haven't done great. They have a few shining moments in the league and in the Champions League, of course. Where Alfonso got that goal a couple years ago, um, yeah, it's a difficult it's a difficult place to go, and so I think I think if they got a draw, that would that would if they turned around by getting a draw, that would be a, a hugely encouraging encouraging sign. The one thing about all this is, I don't think anyone's been too worried about their road performance and the performances. Yeah, that's, that is the thing. This, I, is, this, this is going to be like the Whitecaps; they're going to have sucked against LA, and then. You wouldn't put it past them to go and get something now in KC. Yeah, two two wins and two games where where a red card that got called back impacted the game. They may have still lost because Atlanta of who Atlanta is, but the RSL game I, it, that guy should have been sent off for the tackle on Kamara, yeah. and I think that really would have changed the game. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt in that, and 
I think they can maybe take a little bit of solace. KC played the Sounders today on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, finished 2 all. Disappointingly, Sounders got the first point and their first goals of, yeah. of the season. But in credit to, to them, I think you have to say as well that they maybe showed the Whitecaps the way to go to KC and play. They soaked up a bit of pressure. Yep. Hit on the break, were dangerous when it mattered, and then took the lead. Couldn't hold on to it. But I, I think I can see Robo watching that and, and getting a lot from it. Totally. Or yeah. hopefully. Ho- yeah, hopefully. And, and ho- you know, Seattle, they, they were cost the game by Nuhu. Yeah. They were cost yeah, the three he, points. He did not have a good game. All, I think all Whitecaps supporters will be pleased by that because of, of, of their encounters with him in the playoffs last year. Like I say, we won't go into the KC thing too much, but I mean, do, do you see any drastic change do you see anybody that didn't feature I mean I think we can maybe expect Shea to get the road start maybe Reina would you see Reina starting if Blundell's concussion thing is not an issue then yeah, yeah we talked about the oh, chemistry and Blundell pre-season. and Reina pre-season yeah. yeah I mean that that would hopefully be something but the other thing is we talked about Ali G will he get in yeah and what and what does that mean for Rusty what does that mean for Juarez, what does that mean for Felipe? Yeah, and I mean, for me, the the bigger game comes the home game against the RSL. They can't afford to lose that. No, it's a home, and, home game. I mean, we, we're we short of time, so we're not going to do our, our whole MLS West Week in Review, but a couple of things I just do want to touch on. RSL lost 4-0 to New York City on Wednesday night. They were awful. How on earth did we lose 2-1 to them? I know they were at home, but oh, you watched that. And you're just baffled by it. Like LAFC, they've given up nine goals in three halves of football and we can't even test a new look defence as well. It's frustrating. A couple of little things I do want to just talk about from, from MLS this week. Colorado, they beat TFC 2-0. I'm, I'm frustrated by this. Not a fan of TFC, everyone knows that. That game should not have been played. TFC are in a Champions League final three days later on the other side of the country as well. And they're made to play a game in Colorado. Then they're going to get made to play a game in Houston as well. That's not right. I mean, those games need to be called off for them. I don't want them to win it. I'm happy in that regard that they're playing it. But they sent a fringe team. So who suffers for that? The other teams in the West. Whitecaps, we could be battling for a sixth player spot against Colorado, against Houston. You're giving them ultimately three points. Right. From the TFC perspective, yeah, Vanny said right after the after qualifying for the, the finale that, hey, we're, we, the Colorado game is not a priority for us at all. Yeah. So, But the good thing for them about it was these guys who aren't playing a lot Got to play. A bunch of them got to play. It was a play. vertible who's that. Yeah. Because there was some names on that. I was like, I have no Lots, idea A bunch of is. younger Canadians. That's, uh, that's why they're yeah, yeah. Um But no, so they got they got a bunch of guys got minutes. And uh, I was listening to some people from Toronto talk about this and them saying like, well, this those are the guys who are going to be playing like the first leg, first and maybe second leg of the semifinals of the, of the Voyager's Cup this year. So they're getting some time together. They're getting some, you know, meaningful minutes together. Yeah. But, you, but you're right, it does suck for Western teams who... Yeah, especially yeah. us who, I mean, they could be vital points come the end of the season. But, I mean, y- you can't not call those games off. That's ridiculous. But, I, is I, it only because it, it was the final? If it's semi-final, you feel different? Semi, yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Uh, f- final yeah. for me is a, a, is, is a different thing. 
all 12 teams in the West were in action from Wednesday to Sunday. Only ourselves, RSL and Minnesota didn't take any points. Galaxy beat Chicago 1-0, Zlatan header. Dallas remained unbeaten, 1-0 win over New England. Interesting game, Portland got their first win of the season. I know you were watching that, 3-2 over Minnesota. Another interesting VAR. Two goals for, for Portland in the space of two, three minutes from Alvis Powell and Diego Valeri. Then it looked like Ibarra had, had got one back from Minnesota, but it was called Come off back. by VAR. Then Darren Quintero, first match, first goal in MLS. We wrote a piece about it. Jay Maiedi wrote it on AFTM about what an important piece he's going to be for Minnesota. Already looks that. Um, I mean, Minnesota made it interesting, but Portland were, were pretty comfortable in the end. Have they turned the corner? Yeah, the first game in the renovated PGE Park, as you like to call it. Uh, Picky Park. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good for them. A, a brilliant a brilliant display at the beginning of the match from their supporters, the singing in the rain. Um, it, yeah, for them, it must feel like, okay, finally, we had these, what, four games or whatever on the road, and now we're home, and we can, like, you know, hit the ground. Like, our season can really start kind of thing. Yeah. And so, for them, it was, it was like a must-win game. Uh, and Quintero almost threw a wrench in it, right? Like his performance and his play almost like put them off. Yeah. Um, you know, the only other thing, San Jose and Houston drew two all. Surprisingly not a bad game, but I mean, good for those two to, to both drop points. Before we wrap this section up, got to talk about the Champions League final on Tuesday. It feels like TFC are going to do it, but are they going to do it for MLS or are they going to do it for Canada? Well, technically, they're Canada's entrance in this. Yeah, and they're they're all, they are all, it's a both end. They are a club that is in MLS. I, I spoke to Bob Bradley actually uh, about yep. it, but we're going to play that tonight. I'm going to do it as a written piece instead, so we won't bother playing that. Just about like how he feels about his son in it. So he had some interesting things to say. So watch out for the site. We we'll maybe run that on Tuesday, but. Do you think they are going to beat it? Chivas did not look great against, against New Bull. York Red Bulls. They're not yeah. looking good in the league at no. all. Toronto, Toronto are favourites. So it'll be interesting to see like what they, if they're able to actually pull it off. They need to, because they let in that goal in the second leg in the semifinals, they have the first leg at home, which might turn out to be good for them. So they really need to go out and, and make a statement in the first leg. Yeah. The problem is... There's been an incredible snow uh, downpour of snow in Ontario. Oh, really? And the pitch, if you've seen pictures today, the pitch no, is covered in snow. So there's Ooh, like 48 hours to get the – or less than that. Oh, no, great years. for Chivas either. I mean, Toronto at least will be a bit more used to it. Yeah. The Canadians. Yeah. You play hockey and ponds and stuff, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I, who knows what's going to happen with that? I, I'm cheering on Chivas. I'm not hopeful. I think TFC are going to do it. All we can hope for is three Shivas away goals. Is that too much to ask for? <laughs> Maybe it is. Anyway, we'll be back with more chat after this. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Applies to me. Popular culture no longer 
applies to me. Art Brute there, Bad Weekend. And I think we can agree from the Whitecaps result and other results in MLS that this was a pretty bad weekend if, if you're a Whitecaps fan. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Now, it might have been a bad weekend for the Whitecaps and Whitecaps fans, but it was certainly a good weekend for a former Whitecap, Jordan Harvey, and of course Stephen Betashure, made the return to BC Place. Because Betashure was here so short a time and had already moved on, I don't think of it as a homecoming for him. Yeah, they only they only mentioned him because of, of Harvey. Yeah. They didn't mention him when he came back with Toronto. Steve noticed he, he wouldn't take a ball off Robbo in the first half. Betashure. Uh, he Robo had held the ball out to him and, and Betashure took it off a ball kid instead. And then Robo just like dropped it as if, what, what? What was that? That was weird. But Jordan Harvey did make the most of it. He got honoured briefly beforehand, got a really good reception from the fans. It was nice that Bradley took him off towards the end. He got a standing <laughs> ovation. If Juarez wasn't so keen on that, though, trying to force him off the pitch. Help him. Just, he was trying yeah. to help him. Yeah, And he, he talked about that after the match. So, We'd hoped to speak to Jordan on the preview podcast. I'd alluded to that on last week's show that he was going to be our special guest. Have to say, the LAFC comms team... Mrs. Goats? ...have been the the worst ones I've had to deal with so far in MLS. Not accommodating in the slightest. Is it because they're new? Let's put it down to that. Let's hope it's different the next time we need them. Or just because they're goats? Yeah. But myself and Har and I think Monty as well from Canadian Press got a chance to speak to Jordan Harvey after the match. So let's bring that to you now. I just, that does not look right. <laughs> <laughs> was it as weird for you being out there as it was for us watching you in a different team shirt? It's been kind of strange from the moment uh, we were about to land, just kind of seeing the landscape and then landing and coming in. It's, um, you know, it was uh, really amazing. Uh, the fans were so nice and, um, you know, I'm just so grateful for uh, my time here and, and the memories that I had and uh, I really appreciate um, the support that I got tonight. What, what were your emotions like this week? Because obviously you knew you were getting honoured and then obviously Jairo got set off last weekend which made it obvious you were going to be playing tonight. So I mean, what, what's this week been like for you? Yeah, it's been it's been great. Um, the staff uh, really prepared us well and that's what kind of, I think, calmed the group is that um, we felt prepared and we went into it and we're very sound defensively. worked as a group. For me personally, um, it was kind of a whirlwind of emotions because Coming back here, this being my first start with a new club, wanting to make a good first impression, um, all those things built up, and uh, I was able to just kind of let it out on the field, and uh, it felt really good. Had a lot of support from uh, my teammates this week. And it couldn't have gone better. Clean sheet. After the last three halves with nine goals given up, what, what does it mean for this team's mentality now, keeping that clean sheet? Yeah, we went back to uh, kind of the basics. Um, you know, the first game that we played against Seattle, it was more along the lines of this performance. Um, you know, get a goal on the road and, and defend soundly, defend properly. And um, we were able to do that. We, we know this stretch of games with six games on the road to begin our season, that they aren't going to all go well. Um, but if we play like we did tonight, more than likely we'll get some points away from it. And we're always going for three points. That's what I am proud of with this club. And, uh, you know, we're still building. 
Um, it's not an end product by any means. Um, you see bits and pieces of it, of it throughout the 90 minutes, but um, again, the main thing was to keep a clean sheet and defend properly, and we did that. Jordan, Elliot, Steve, I'm not really like a typical expansion side. They've got a lot of firepower. They've got a lot of glitz and glamour. What makes this team so special and so dangerous this season? A combination with a lot of things. Um, you know, the organization is doing everything right. Um, the fans are, are amazing. Um, and then the facilities. Um, you know, that's all off-the-field stuff. And that stuff is just coming into place. Um, that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to, wanted to go there and, I, and why I made my decision to come to LAFC is because they had everything in place that wasn't your regular expansion team. It was one that can compete right away. And you saw that with the initial signings. And then as uh, kind of the offseason and, and preseason went on, with each signing, it got better and better. How much does Bob Bradley make such a huge difference with what he's accomplished and what he's done in MLS but in Europe as well? For me personally, at my age, I'm still learning, and, and that's a credit to him and a credit to his staff. Um, I'm picking up things, nuances that um, I, I didn't necessarily pick up in the past, and it's, uh, it's educational, and it's, it's great that someone like me can still progress and still get better, and you see that, like I said, in bits and pieces throughout the 90 minutes and definitely throughout this season so far, but we're building, and it's, and it's going to get better and better. So, Jordan, what, what did that ovation as you went off mean to you? It meant a lot. That was, um, it kind of took me, took me by surprise. Obviously, um, I'm not sure which player it was, but it kind of tried to, to get me to get off the field, but I was going to take that in. Um, regardless of anybody, even if it was the ref, I was going to try to take that in because that meant a lot to me. Um, it means a lot to my family. I'm sure they're watching. And, uh, you know, I'm just very grateful, like I said, to have spent the years here and the memories. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it was uh, very meaningful. was up there with every moment that I've had with the Whitecaps. When you look back at your time with the Whitecaps, is there any particular moment or moments that stand out in your mind that will always live with you in your career? Yeah. Um, 2015, just that being such a successful year and, and that group was stands out quite a bit. Um, you know, one of the moments that a lot of people don't know about is uh, the day my daughter was born. Uh, I played that game and that was a very special game and a very special moment for me before the game building up into the game and uh, I believe we got the win on that day and uh, that was probably something when you look back that that whole experience was unbelievable. Yeah. Good to see you again. Jordan Harvey there. It was weird seeing him in a, a different shirt. Interesting little thing he said there about how he's picked up all these nuances under Bob Bradley that he hasn't picked up over the last couple of years. Don't know if that was a little dig at Robbo or just a, a just a casual throwaway comment. I think every coach has a different, uh, you know, strengths and everything. So uh, Bob Bradley is going to have be different from Carl Ro- uh, Carl Robinson and and. Siggy Schmidt's going to be different from somebody else. So I think it's. I don't think it's a dig. I think it's just he he saw something new. I think he. I think he probably said similar things after things changed from from Martin to Robbo. Yeah, true. But at least he didn't score, so that's that's a good thing. <laughs> I also got a chance to speak to Canadian Mark DeSantis after the match, but we're going to bring that to you now in next week's show because we are overrunning. Uh, it's not. It was just about his career and stuff, so it wasn't anything too timely. 
Um, I had hoped to speak to him a lot more than I did, but I basically just had four minutes that I could speak to him in between Harvey and Carlos Vela coming out. So we had a very quick chat, but we hope to do another one later on anyway. But now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership by bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for news, links and a lot more, locally, nationally and internationally. Make it part of your daily routine. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? Okay, so a couple of quick follow-ups. Um, uh, Greece is not letting us go in <laughs> BC Soccer Web headlines. Uh, now it's uh, uh, Pandithianokos. Um Okay. No. Panathinaikos. I wasn't going to carry it. I don't care. Um, Okay. So uh, uh, apologies to the Greek. Apologies to the Greek fans out there. Um, uh, They had uh, the players had a brief strike from pages from last year. They have yet to be paid in 2018, but they did receive wages in uh, for December of 2017. So they're back at training on Wednesday. I think they were. So they're like only like three Three months. months, Three and a half months off. You won't have offended them. They can't afford the internet. Okay. Sure. Paris Saint-Germain, we talked about them uh, during the summer about the Neymar signing. They are going to be with FIFA about uh, the rules being broken for fair play. Um, apparently, they're being paid more than fair market value for sponsorship deals. And this has happened in the past, apparently. Yeah, it's one of the ways to try and get over the financial fair pay rules. And uh, the Sutton goalkeeper, Wayne Shaw, Pygate, uh, we talked about yeah. that before too. Um, uh, bookmaker has been fined 84000 for the way they did the betting and everything. Apparently, it broke some British rules. Quick hits, uh, there is apparently some consortium that is said to be offering $25 billion for the control of two tournaments. It's the FIFA Club World Cup and the Nations League that uh, that was uh, is supposed to start. They're looking at $25 billion for 49% of the stake for those clubs. So there's, FIFA would still own uh, 51, uh, is, 51%, and it's a big slush fund if that is happens. It, is it running it, or is it the broadcast rights? What is it? It, it? Basically, ownership of it, from what it looked that like sound, in the article. Doesn't that sound dodgy? It does to me. It's considering it said mystery, but I think it it, it kind of came out later on in the year. I, uh, week I didn't get a chance to find out, but who these people were. It, they, they, but with that, they would run the Club World Cup with twenty four teams, and it would run every four years. Um, they have the, the the main people, the panel, whatever, has rejected it right now for lack of information. Yeah. Um, Argentina, Paraguay, Uruguay have agreed uh, on the cities already for the twenty thirty World Cup. Their yeah. bid. Um, Argentina would have eight, Paraguay and Uruguay two each. Unfortunately, for people that are love historical sites, yeah. Uruguay could be demolishing this centenary yeah. uh, stadium, which was built for the nineteen thirty World Cup, which is the reason I think they want to host it because it's hundred yeah. years. But, been but nice. they would build a new one on the same site. on the same really, site. But uh, yeah, Egyptian fan the cycling to Russia for World Cup. Uh, hmm. It's, it's gonna, it, apparently it's going to take sixty five days. And you can't Probably do that. Get postponed. He's going to have tons of time. Yeah. Well, he, he apparently did, well, he was going to skip uh, bicycling through Syria and R- Iraq because it was kind of dangerous, as we all know. This weekend, <laughs> good call. And he and he started last Saturday and was seen off by his mother. Oh, that's the thing. So that's, uh, a, that's, a, that's a nice heartfelt story. Really hope Egypt do well this year. Now uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, Buffon at the Champions League. We, normally we don't cover that, but the way he reacted and the the calls and everything was just a little bit overboard. Um, he, I, I personally thought it was a proper foul. Yeah, and uh, I and I, I feel if you bump the referee, that's uh, that's definitely a red card yeah. at that point. He also not, said some things to him. Yeah. I, I'm not just saying this be, to be contrarian. I don't think it was a foul, and I think 
I think Buffon's reaction was totally understandable. I think if you push somebody in the back and then kick him no, in the chest, I think I, it's going to be I don't be think he pushed him in the back. I, I think, think his there arm... Is, there his is arm, a hand on him. If you make it look like you're going to push somebody in the back, the referee's going to call it. Mm, no, it, yeah. I'm with Steve. So Benny Fellhaber should have got a penalty then this weekend. No, I think that was a clear fall over. <laughs> to Chiara, same thing. His arm yeah. touched yeah. his back and he went down. That's yeah. the risk you take, though. Yeah. If, you, if you put a hand on a player in the box... It is a risk. Um, but then there was an issue uh, kind of in Cascadia. Um, Thorne's coach from the NWSL, Mark oh, Parsons. Yeah, this is incredible. Oh, I thought you were going to read the Buffon quotes. They're well, so I, well I was going to, but we're running okay. short on okay. time. Okay, yeah. um, uh, Mark Parsons apparently squeezed a hidden clump of dirt and grass yeah. into his hand and then shook the official's hand because he was upset about a call. Um, he was suspended for a game and fined, but he, they, the the uh, referees union wanted an additional game, and that that got uh, upheld. Portland coaches always have issues with the handshake. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, the, the referees were not happy because they feel they've been disrespected with it not being a longer ban. Yeah, South America is asking the FIFA to expand the 2022 World Cup to 48 teams. I don't think that's going to happen in I Qatar. Hope, I hope that's not. very small country. Have they got enough slaves to build I was more say, stadiums. They, 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 yeah, all the people who. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, a couple of people are leaving MLS, it seems like, or uh, subsidiaries of MLS. Uh, DC United, well, majority owner, um, has agreed to sell his uh, stake. Yeah. He's from Indonesia. The main reason they said, because he's too far away, he doesn't get to come to the games or be part of the decision-making. It's just too far for him. So he's going to be selling it off to the minority owner who's bringing together uh, a group to buy the whole thing or whatever. Yeah, I like that. I, I think he, uh, the other thoughts on this is that he this, he was like flipping the team, right? He invested in it. Now he's selling it for more than he paid. Yeah. Um, growth of oh, oh, sorry. The other person leaving is Kathy Carter. Is leaving her role as Soccer United marketing president. She was she failed in her bid for the U.S. Soccer presidency. So sad. And she's leaving. Well, who knows who's going to take her place? And is it going to be worse or better? Mm. The growth of MLS in UK and why British fans are turning to America. The the, the article the whole thing based in is the viewers realize the lack of quality. It's not there, but they love the unpredictability and the entertainment. And there are supporters groups apparently based in the UK already. Yeah, and there's not a lot of Whitecaps games shown in the UK. So, th- but there is a Whitecaps Twitter account from the UK, from what yeah, I yeah, see. MLS right UK. There's yeah. a couple of but this UK does this, right? They, they, I mean, Sky Sports show it, but yeah. I I wasn't being funny about the Whitecaps not games not being shown. They're not because a lot of them are like in the middle of the night. So they show games that are earlier. East, East Coast, yeah. yeah. You talked about the Sporting KC and Seattle game, which ended 2-2. Yeah. Um, Killer Dempsey wasn't there. Yeah. Because he got an additional game. It was a game, I think, 15 or 21 days ago. Yeah. But, but they've had two bye weeks since then. Yeah, and they, and they suspended him, basically gave him an additional game after all that time. Yeah. Apparently, Clint Dempsey wasn't very um, helpful <laughs> in the whole review uh, procedure. And basically, I cannot believe that. Yeah, and that's, that's shocking. What, and apparently, point. that's why the delay was happened because they were trying to give him a chance to defend himself, and he, he didn't want to. I guess hmm. it's ridiculous to wait that long, though. Now, uh, one good advantage um, of TFC making a deep run is people are calling for Canada to get a second team, and I think it will happen when it's this. Uh, the CPL comes into place. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I think at this point it probably won't happen because there's only three teams and it's a, or four teams, sorry, in the tournament. They um, win the CPL. Yeah. I don't know, in the Voyager's Cup, there's yeah. five technically. Is there five? Okay. Well, no, hang on. Well, well technically six, six, six now. Yeah, six, six now, okay. Yeah. But even then, I think once, I think, and I think if you mistake me, if I'm, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think even then it'll be Voyager's Cup will get one 
and then the CPL will get one. Yeah, I think so. So even the MLS teams will still only have one chance to get yeah. in. Instead, one of the one of the discussions is the MLS. The, sorry, the Voyagers Cup spot will go to this the second phase of it, whereas the talk is that the the, the Canadian Premier League victor will go in the earlier part, where you have to win that to get the last spot in the second part. I'd be okay with that if we got a second spot. Canada rises to 80th in the FIFA rankings. Germany is number one. They basically went up uh, 10 spots. They're in number seven spot of the eligible teams from CONCACAF. So Curacao is ahead of them. But Cur- I think Curacao is not uh, identified uh, yeah, as, a, as a FIFA John Herdman. Club. I was going to say John Herdman. Yeah. 10 spots. It's more, more than likely they, they got rid of the bad results from a couple of years ago that oh, helped them. That get as there. Well. Yeah, they've dropped off. Yeah. Um, so and then find the FC Edmonton. Um, they're asking for help for the soccer stadium. It looks like they're getting into building that stadium. Um, they're looking to expand from forty-one fifty Clark Stadium to seven thousand, with a chance to expand more. They they're looking for improving the lighting, concessions, washrooms, broadcasting, sound system, internet, the whole bunch yes. of stuff. It has to Have be a there, Steve? No, I've never been there. It's right. In, it's right in the shadow of. Uh, I see Commonwealth all the time. Yeah, but I've right, never seen. It's the right. In the, it's right in the shadow of Commonwealth, and yeah, it, yeah, it, ne- it it will need considerable yeah. upgrade. Yeah. And one more article, a uh, quick one. Canadians should get behind United 2026 bid and ignore misinformed politicians and critics. This is an article by our friend Kurt Larson. And he's basically telling us to ignore everything and just blind, follow him blindly, I, which I don't agree with. I think you should get informed and follow whoever you want to I, follow. Yeah. I think we'll have to mark this episode explicit. He used the KL. No. We were going to also cover, but we haven't got time for this either. They, they trademarked a lot of Canadian Premier League team names this yeah. week. And a lot of people thinking that Port City FC could be the, the Fraser Valley team. Not not a great one. A lot, lot of things rhyme with City. <laughs> For opposing fans, you can have a field day, I think. Yeah, well. The, the derby could be no fun city versus no Port City. <laughs> and the thing is, if they called it Port City, we talked about it before, that it, maybe it's that site. That's right at the bottom where mm. there's a lot of, um, you know, where or the water is and everything. maybe like Port Coquitlam is going to come out from oh. nowhere and host the team. <laughs> I don't see that happening. But we'll, we'll talk about that next week, hopefully, as well, because some of the names I can't work out I, who on earth they're from. There's, Calgary FC wasn't one of them. I, I worked that one out. There's there's no port in Port Coquitlam. Apart from the name. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think. So I there think, we go. I think. Am I right, Steve? I don't know. I don't think there is. Uh, anyway. Or Port Moody. There, I don't know. Oh, could be Port Moody then. Yeah. Or Port Hardy. Any port, port in a, any port in a storm. <laughs> but now is my favourite time of the show and the last segment of the show. It's wavelength time and we're continuing our Panini stickers themed songs. Who would have thought I would have had another one? Yeah, I've got three. There's another one next week as well. This one has a Whitecaps connection. Um, it's by a, a favourite of ours, Welsh band Fly Screen. And this is Your Phil Neil for my Willie Johnson.
fly screen there with my Phil Neal for your Willie Johnson. This was a time when Willie Johnson, not when he was a white cap, but when he was with West Brom. Going back to the days of swapping stickers with your mates, and one of the mates was called Robbo from a Welsh band. Who would have thought? Maybe, maybe it's the same Robbo. We should find out. No, I don't, I don't so. think so, based on no. the words. Yeah. That could be Robbo's big question. Yeah. No. We haven't done that for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should do bring that back. You should do that. Yeah, we should. Anyway, that is it for this week's episode of the show. Thank you for listening. Just before we go, just let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. It's at Zachary AM for me, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Give us an Instagram follow at AFTN Soccer. If you want to chat about anything in the show, you can drop us an email, AFTNCanada at hotmail.com. We'll be back with the preview podcast probably on Thursday morning. But until next week, thanks for listening, take care, and mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Ten minutes left. Yeah, but-